As we had left ourselves previously. Uh, yeah, all those things. There's a lot of stuff. All the things. Seven tenths of the Court of Regents, the ruling body of Kavler. Maybe not necessarily supports us, but at least believes there may be something amiss. Something that the heroes of Breachill perhaps may have experienced prior. Something that you could help them with. And boy, did they have absolutely no reservations about just shopping listing everything that's been going wrong in Kovler in the last couple of Forge days, the last five to ten Forge days. You were told of missing people. You were told of thefts from the region's vaults that seemed impossible. Of things even as seemingly random and unrelated as dropping food supplies from the local lake. Poor fishing. Cannot but wonder how much of this perhaps may actually just be a coincidence, because it sure does seem like a great list of unrelated woes. That said, you have started your investigations throughout the town. You, on the one hand, attempted to track down Talos, a missing acolyte that had traveled in from another dwarven settlement at the Guild of Faith that asked you to look into. You had investigated the Great Wall, the Wall of the Ancients. Time to find out who crit failed. That that <laughs> protects Kavler from the remains of Sagarok. And, and indeed, as we come back in today to our show, sponsored, of course, by Paizo. Thank you, as always, for having us here on your network and for allowing us to continue running your, your own adventure, having a great time. We're strolling through the adventure. We're not running. As actually, it's accurate. I don't know if I can legally say we're running this at this point. We are slowly walking this. You can't make me run. <laughs> Unless there are gugs involved. Did I run? Yes. I run so far away. You got down on all fours and you ran away as fast as possible. Bravely. I mean, if not that, it's to click. Into literal pitch darkness. <laughs> and, and then, then into, into a wall. wall. No, that wasn't a gun. <laughs> that was the thing that almost ate me whole. That's fair. I guess that was the giant mouth that I couldn't wall. fight. The, yeah, it ain't the, running if you the, can't fight. That's fair. It's, uh, it's clearly causing some issues. As we come back in today, the wall had turned up a couple of curious things. Resume at the west end, not too far from the headquarters of the Guild of Arms, had found a strange flaw, not so much in the actual surface or carvings of the wall, but trying to assess... Well, what she knows best, the actual makeup of the magical enchantments to keep the wall the agent standing. And Trashik had found something that looked like an odd addition, uh, a manipulation of the runes carved across the base of the wall that helps to hold and direct the energies, seemingly subverting something at the far end, uh, the less populated side, where it would be less noticeable. And having sent Severin to fetch the Archmage... This is a dire concern indeed. And he has come out quite hastily, uh, arriving not uh, too long after Trashik and Marshall would have met back up with Resme at the western end of the wall here. As he arrives with a couple of his acolytes with him. Uh, I found him, Resme. I found him, and like just like you said, I did not poop on his hat. Uh, he very much did. And if there's one thing that, if there's any proper evidence, 
I won't be taken lightly. It's any kind of manipulation of the wall of the ancients itself. These enchantments are critical. The cobbler's continued safety. Of course. You're familiar here. Uh, yes. It seemed that you were quite confident you'd found something amiss. Well, we spent about the last ten hours going up and down this wall, uh, making sure that everything magical in it was uh, intact and had not been sabotaged. We figured that if somebody wanted to hurt Kavlar, the first place to hit you would be your defenses, and this would be your most basic one. It may well be logical. Taking this wall down somehow would be a crisis Kavlar perhaps hasn't experienced since the fall of Sagarok itself. That said, I imagine it'd be nearly impossible to pull off. Not impossible, just very tedious. These enchantments are no simple spell. This isn't a potency rune you can simply slap on a dagger, lass. Of course it's not. It's extremely complex. There's at least 15 different layers of six different types of magic over... I think they may even be built over time and space and not just in this particular one. These abjurations are the work of some of the most powerful Archmagos Tagorok had. It's a masterpiece. Equal parts, arcane and divine. I'll admit, a part of me is curious to see what you've even found here and if there's anything to come of it. Well, show me to it, then. Seems you've had a day of investigating. Let's find out. Um, Before we begin, I apologize for interrupting, but would this, by chance, be what the Adorned was after? Did he think he found something in the walls? He mentioned it, and uh, I felt that taking a bit of time to look would certainly not cost us anything and I don't want to overlook something just because an untrained eye caught it. Hmm. He brought some concern to me personally. Some dozen or more forge nights ago I came and had a look at what he thought he saw and didn't find anything out of the ordinary. But it'll be just like Bowman attempt to ask the first outsider showing any kind of magical competence coming through to overrule the Archmage of the Guild of Spells. Well, let's have a look, shall we? Severin looks grumpy too. Um, alright, uh, over here. As you take him over and escort him towards what you think you'd found, him and his acolytes start to weave a relatively simple but powerful bit of magic uh, almost expanding simple detections and divinations between the three of them into an amplified ritual uh, to look over the wall and well not so not really the wall he doesn't take any interest in the runes he immediately starts to use his own magic to divine through what enchantments there are that make up the wall of ancients itself and as they do so over the course of a minute or two, he steps up close to the wall. 
keeping this magic going. Uh, just a faint emanation radiating out from each of his hands, off one side to one acolyte and to the other on his uh, on the opposite, uh, which seems to resonate with the runes of the wall itself. A much more prominent vis visible scintillating shimmer appearing over the stone as he approaches and starts to look it over. Interesting. Well, Truth be told, it's not nothing. Something is a wee bit off about the layering of the magic here, about the direction. It's subtle. Aye, it is. It's nothing I'd immediately chalk off to uh, any uh, steps back, releasing the magic. Nothing I'd chalk up to something so deliberate or ridiculous, frankly, as a direct sabotage. But perhaps one of my mages not quite keeping up the task on their readings, on their supportive enchantments. Maybe a wee bit of laziness. Something I'll definitely in, uh, investigate within the Guild of Spillers myself. And I thank you for bringing it to me. But nothing major, it doesn't seem. I don't know. It was an irregularity, and I felt it was best to point it out to those who understand it better. That's wise of you to be certain. Now, there's nothing I can diagnose here in a second and be 100% confident of, just given the complexity of the magic and the power and the scope of it. I don't have a good enough understanding of its mechanics either to know what it means, to tell you the truth. Well, I thank you for bringing this to me. It would uh, perhaps also be worth uh, mentioning. I found, and uh, going over to one of the runes, I would point out where I had found it on the far end in, like, the design. There was a... Uh, not the continuation. The pattern was uh, suddenly brought underground. It looked as if someone had come by and perhaps made a edit or uh, changed it. I am not a mason myself, but the pattern along most of the wall seemed to suddenly change. Not a mason, and based on your description, I can safely assume you're not a mage either. Correct. We Indeed. were told there was a physical something done to wall, so I looked for a physical mark. He points to one of his mages, and then Dwarven continues. Go with Tursik here and investigate whatever it is he thinks he's found. I doubt it's anything, but there does seem to be some minor flaw here, so it'd be unwise to simply ignore it. And the other mage nods, and then uh, switching back to Common. I... I'll follow you, if you show me what it is you think you found. Yes, it's not a problem. I can verify it for you. We'll begin the long, mile-long walk down to the other side of the wall. Dark Mage clearly is not going, so <laughs> him and the other mage are both uh, staying here with Resme. And uh, she nods once more to, to you. Well then, I suppose that's about everything we need to investigate in here. 
Uh, I'll send a couple of my senior mag magi down here to elaborate further uh, with a couple of divinatory aids and some scrying gems. Let's see if there's really anything to be made of this. I do appreciate you bringing it to me. Again, I want to be clear. I don't truly doubt your magical ability or even really the faith you and your friends have in your cause. I just see no reason to believe there's any reckless force come down trying to undermine Cobbler here. This is odd, but odd within normal bounds, really. I am honor-bound to do what I have said, and if there is a way I can protect what you all love and treasure about this place, I will do so regardless. You and your group certainly seem confident in what you've brought to the Count of the Regents, but I hope you'll understand me saying that for Kovlar's sake, help you misread the situation. Me too. I don't want to see anyone else get hurt. Be safe, Mr. Esme. And uh, with a nod and a motion to the other mage he brought with him, he turns and heads back towards town. Marshall, are you st did you stay with Resme? You would have would you have headed off with Rashik and the other mage? I'm probably uh, staying with Rashik. Fair enough. Yeah. So as the three of you make your way back down the entire length of the wall, <laughs> walking about a mile and a, a mile and a half down the entire stretch from the far west to the far east of Cobbler. You arrive at these uh, additions, these carvings that you have found that seem to uh, have, seem to be additions. They do not be part of the core series of runes that supports this magic. As you point them to the mage, uh, the dwarf looks and furrows his brow for a bit. All right. Well, we thank you for your service and your time, Mr. Tajik. I'm sure the guildless spells can handle it from here. Oh, good. I suppose you have a good rest of your day, and good luck with the order. Make me a, uh, perception check. Both of you can, you're both here. 22. 30... I can't math, hold on. 36. So, Jashik, you're not great at magic, that's why you're looking at the runes here. And, uh... Maybe not fantastic at dwarf reading either, but yeah, Marshall. I don't speak dwarvish. Kind of in your home territory here. Is uh, the mage took one look at this and immediately lost interest? Like he, uh, pretty clearly, this is absolutely nothing, and uh, almost immediately just became dismissive. All right, hey, thanks. Have a nice day. Like, uh, it's clear that he does not believe this is any even remote danger or threat to the town and in fact is probably a normal part of the wall's operation hmm. well we don't know magic <laughs> <laughs> you don't know <laughs> that much is clear well i can tell you one thing he clearly doesn't give a crap it's not our problem we simply tell them what we found them beyond on the way so wanna grab a beer and perhaps let us meet up with everyone first eh, we'll get to go drinks they have them here <laughs> There's an extra What's silver a liquor for license? the mugs. Let's go. <laughs> it's got a lid. Uh, I it's got a stain at that point. Stein? Is stein, it stein? Stein, stein, I think. Is it Stein? I, I realize I said Stein. I've only ever read that word. It's Stein. 
I suppose we'll go back say. and uh, tell him that whatever we found it did seem to be something, but we finally have the Archmage's attention and he is looking into it. Back to the Guild of Finery? Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll head back to the Guild of Finery by your, yourself then. As I would... She we have the walkie-talkie. Yeah, oh, that's true. I'll you tell him. That, I'll tell him where I'm going. Oh, well, are you going? Or are you going yeah. for beer time? I'd, I'd be going back. You going back to the Guild of Finery? You going to beer time? I, I got my to-go beer. I'm good. <laughs> you still have somewhere. that? It's been a full day. I'll just stop somewhere and get another one. Shh. I have many secrets. What is this like McDonald's? It's like, can I have one to go? <laughs> Could you imagine McDonald's go like just pick it up and leave beer? Drive through <laughs> Alehouse. <laughs> <laughs> So just so you know, my home county has a drive-through liquor store, but it's I not a McDonald's. Common, really. Yeah, not really. Yeah. But uh, are you yeah. going straight to the old Fenry? You're not going to go to the bar. I find. Somewhat unbelievable that Marshall is there's no interest in before he comes to the bar and wants to go back to the Guild of Fancy stuff. Oh yeah, he's still he's still going to the bar. <laughs> You'll meet him eventually. I'll uh, meet up with him eventually. I gotta get a drink first. <laughs> it's High a beats. Long, hard day. He feels the buzz starting to wear off. Can't uh, have that. I can feel my teeth again. I don't like it. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I hope that that hotel. You ever drink enough lead-laced moonshine? You can't feel your teeth. <laughs> You're not supposed to feel your teeth. In all fairness, <laughs> I, in all fairness, I did eat those uh, crystal gem ooze things. Yeah, there's no telling what's happening to yeah, his physiology his, right his now. His mouth sure. is a mystery. He's it is a mystery. I was going to say, his, he his, has some very bad oral care. He probably has a lot of cavities. Cav that or his teeth are just completely invincible by this <laughs> point. I'm not really positive which. He's either got like actual boulders in his mouth or it's a medical <laughs> mystery is how he still has teeth. If they wanted to put both. the Stop. gate <laughs> in a really nice cave, they could have just put it in his mouth with all the cavities he has. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little column A, a little column B. Let's I go think with it's that. It's going to be quite as pretty looking as the multicolored gems outside Jewel Gate. But you know, which it it would be you. a fascinating yeah, well, medical well, study. 100% of that wants to eat you. It's ill-maintained. <laughs> It happens. He needs to put some velvet Guys, up. stop. <laughs> stop. Just some velvet duct tape. Stop. It'll, it'll be so, uh, after you two had had your trail run cold at the Earthfire District, where would you have headed? Uh, let's see here. Um, Roshin and Raz got separated, right? Did you? You, you did. Yeah, you did yeah, investigate you did. a little bit. But I, I'd imagine as you were both investigating this, so. Uh, when you started finding Lizzie at about issue, you probably would have rubbed each other in, and I imagine you finished this. You okay. split for a bit while you were searching, but yeah. you probably would have reconvened. You're working at the same goal. Right. Raz, can you sit down and go over it? I think there's another seafood stall over there. Ooh. Yes, I'm hungry again. Yes. All this investigating makes a rat hungry. You're oh. so hungry. That's a rat. <laughs> <laughs> have I graduated? Can I call you a rat now? <laughs> Wow. We're gonna glaze over that one. So we're gonna sit down. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna sit down. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, he can't get over it. He can't I get can't over get over it. You mind. don't stop. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fine. It's the rest of us that are dying. I'm laughing at him. I'm just <laughs> waiting for you to take a breath. Breathe. <sighs> so I managed to find a trail for this, uh, for Talos. Um, it looks like after uh, drinking quite a bit, 
stumbled all over town. Last time he was seen was up on this intersection on the western side, heading up to the craft area. It's unlikely he wound up anywhere in there. They would have found him. It's certainly once uh, the forge day ended and work started up again. The only place I can think of where he may have gone or been taken to is uh, there's a branch off. The road heads off to the west into the caves. I don't know what's over there. I was thinking of asking around. Maybe one of the locals know, be able to tell me. Maybe we go check it out later. You want to make some, throw me some bard lore? Just for generalized knowledge, because that uh, where that road leaves, just geographically, you should have a half decent idea. Laura obscure dwarven roads. Let's go. Not even obscure. It's obscure to me. Um, for that, that is a thirty-three. Thirty-three. Yeah, it's far from obscure, really. the The roads that lead out to the west of Kovlar are pretty main thoroughfares, and they are the primary avenues of trade that comes and goes from Kovlar. Uh, that northwestern road would lead further up into the myriad catacombs and various tunnels and interconnecting settlements and cities that is, well, was once the Grand Five Kingdoms for which the mountains are named. Uh, and that would be the road that most directly conjoins to the nearest major dwarven settlement. Hmm. Well, if my memory, my memory serves me correctly from the... From the overall just roadmaps I've seen of the, the, the Five King Mountains. It's like a path between settlements, really. It conjoins to the next major one. It leads through catacombs and other things, goes through dwarven settlements. So what you're saying is it's the road out of town. It is the road out of town. Oh, a cave out of town. So if you if you were to, theoretically, if you're going to kidnap someone and you want to get them away from the authorities... That would be the road you take. Fascinating. We should share this with everyone else. I doubt that the uh, Guild of Arms are going to be spending any manpower on it, but we can look into it. You think we should get to go for them? I think Resme would love the seafood. Or Tashik would definitely love it. Does it keep well? Yeah, well, it's not like we're going to keep it for all day long. It's a good point, it's a good point. And you know, after all, if they don't actually want any of it, the stuff isn't very filling at all. I could eat this all day. Exactly. All right. Three, four, uh, Marshall step two. Four to go, please. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're organizing uh, what is for you largely an evening's meal that is going to kind of be the middle of the forge day where you actually end up retiring, uh, Marshall is on his way from the north end of town. He is willing to make the entire mile trek back into the, the city of, uh, the real meat of the city of Kovler for alcohol because by Torag or whatever, God, I haven't had a drink in like 15 minutes. Caden Kalian. <laughs> is there a dwarven Caden Kalian? Any dwarven god? <laughs> you know, believe it or not, I don't think there's a whole lot of wanton drunkardness among the dwarven gods. Yeah, those not... are all kind of tradition and honor and rigidity and perfection. Caden Nothing beats a perfect drink. Hmm. I mean, arguments. I mean, it's pretty valid. Bold statements said fair... with conviction have certainly convinced many people with no other evidence, so. Ooh, especially like when you get like the top layer off and it's like the perfect pour and you're just with the cold. Isn't top something layer. bad supposed yeah, to happen the, the after you drink stuff. ambrosia? I mean, I don't know how we got there. so well, I guess no, but like how you you never <laughs> have something as good as that or oh, I mean, just get more ambrosia forehead. Yeah, but if you can't get more ambrosia, <laughs> get more hero points forehead. Oh, it makes and all other drinks taste like ash. Marshall, my good friend, pass this hero point on the table. Destro nets and chat. 
trying to put a couple more hero points Thank on you, the board. I will. Gladly and now we're technically this. even. I've Just got three. You it. guys have got three. There's no need for the chat to give you any more hero points. It's an even. <laughs> no, no, no. It's an even table. I don't now. think that average all It's an even oh, table. Oh, I'm sorry. Now. You were saying? Dang it. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Dang it. He's got a bunch of Paizo power. He's another one. Desperate has been saving I up. I won't Here. waste it on a fortitude save. I've learned my lesson. We'll see. That's good. I mean, the record of fortitude save hero points is in phenomenally poor, actually. Is it? Is it actually zero? It's 5%. I think he did it once. Certainly not in the last couple sessions. No, no, not in the last couple sessions, but I remember one rather spectacular one. Oh, I, I remember it now. I had to think about it for a minute. Oh, was that the don't turn into a rock or don't turn into a crystal while I'm getting eaten thing? Oh, that was, yes. yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. pretty yeah. darn that was important. Pretty yeah, that was important. Yeah. That was an important thing. You probably want to, take, you want to pass that. I like this costume. Sure. I like to keep wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marshall, as you're making your way back into town here, counting your one hero point, it takes a minute. He's not a good not good at math. Um, Come back to zero. <laughs> making your way down to get some more fine to-go ale what was the word again? Stein. 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 Oh, man, that was a stain so hard. Stein. In reality, the more you think about it, the wronger the correct answer sounds. Say it and we'll understand. See, Just I never needed a mnemonic for Stein, but now I need one. Thank you. So, Ben Stein, the celebrity who you actually haven't heard of in like 15 years. I wonder what he's doing these days. Anyway, Ben Stein. <laughs> Baron Stein, Stein Bears. Uh, there you go, uh, you freaking <laughs> Mandela. I hate <laughs> A, I hate all of you This so joke has much. layers. It does. <laughs> Looks like Trishik is getting love, too. Oh, yeah, there's more of Sordidum in here also. Yeah. Oh, no, now the lizard's the only one without a hero point. Now, that's illegal. That can't happen. We got to get one across the board. Give everyone there. some coins to keep themselves alive. Thank you for that support. Now, there, everyone's got one. All right, so, yeah. so in reality, you think... Uh, you think, oh, a typical dwarf getting a typical hey. stein or whatever to go. No, it's just Marshall walking out with a keg and, like, a straw. That's like, okay, it's true. You bring entire kegs and you just kind of take a clan dagger and wedge a hole in the side of it and just start sucking oh. the ale up. If Trishik tells a story, is it a prehensile tale? But uh, before you can get all the way... <laughs> I'd have to take a feed for that. Oh. No. That was actually... A S tier response. That was <laughs> yeah. that was solid. Nice. I got I gotta give you that one. Uh, as Good. you're making your way through town, you are. Uh, it's the, it's the midst of the forge day. Things okay. are busy. People are making their way through the streets. Uh, wagons of goods are being moved around. The song of the forge is audible throughout all of Kavler. The hammering of dozens of anvils, oh, yeah. the roar of uh, forge flames and bellows blasting. Oh, yeah. Uh, constant rattle of wheel and chain as the city is alive, just doing its business, which, thanks to Sirenscape, is actually like a sound set that's playing right now, so it's, that's pretty neat. Um, but you feel a brief touch on your shoulder, just like somebody trying to get oh. your attention before you before you get to the oh. keg you're on your way to the keg you're excited about the keg but no keg quite yet uh, is it a touch on his shoulder or like someone jumping up and because remember i'm the tallest dwarf around let's be let's be the shoulder maybe like the elbow i suppose boy marshall can i help you and uh you would turn around and see a woman who i mean this is entirely up to you backstory wise perhaps maybe vaguely recognizable oh, she looks trustworthy looks super trustworthy she's I got just... a relatively stern 
face, whether that's due to her current mood or just kind of the nature of her existence isn't really immediately clear. Uh, her face almost kind of rounded for a dwarf, very prominent dark eyebrows, and her black hair drawn up somewhat messily into a wide bun just kind of on the top of her head. Uh, looking at first glance like it's almost just drawn around with twine just to get it out of the way more than to get any kind of a proper fashionable hairstyle going. I turn around and uh, look at her struck in my face. I'm like, Don't do I know you? Maybe briefly in passing. I can I remember if we met properly, but uh, all right. Believe word. Cousins at some level. Wait. Got your dagger on you. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, dagger. And uh, <laughs> she'd reach down to uh, just put a hand at her hip. Well, I'd imagine you, if anyone, when I have a problem understanding why I might not carry a family dagger anymore. Hmm. I, I suppose that makes sense. So, what can I do for you? Well, can I buy you a drink? I start simple, I suppose. <laughs> I hope your coin purse is heavy. This draw drinks a lot. Come on. There's a good place in the Traveler's Quarters. You've been to Grandmother's. All right. I follow her. And she, uh, she leads you down uh, a little past the Gold Sky Inn. Uh, a little bit further more to the center of the Traveler's Quarter, more than the northern end where your current place to stay is. Uh, there's a bit of a smaller... Kind of relatively simple dwarven building. And instead of having the more traditional flat roofs that a lot of dwarven buildings have, and it's like the most main perk of dwarven architecture, is you don't have to really worry about drainage and weather. <laughs> so you don't really need like the slatted roofs. You don't need rain drains. You don't need I mean, thatching yeah. or shingling. You can just kind of make a roof and it exists. But this one is one of the only buildings in all of Cobbler that would still have a little bit of a slope to its roofs and uh, would have actual thatching, uh, like tart thatching up top, like a home on the surface. Okay. Uh, clearly aesthetic to look much more like a human tavern. Uh, a sign out front that's not freestanding, but uh, mounted on one of the posts that holds up the front porch. It has a carving of what looks like the face of a smiling old dwarven woman uh, with massive bulbous features Eyes entirely closed, almost just like curves, and a huge closed grin. A very kindly-looking grandmotherly figure. Almost cartoony. Almost, yeah, almost, yeah, sort of cartoonish, like overly <laughs> exaggerated. Yeah. Um, which would complement the name below it, literally just Grandma's Ale House. Uh, I like it. The light and the mood inside would be warm and jovial, and Scarlet would lead you through, uh, not to the bar, but would uh, flag a waiter and then sit out on a table, a little off to the side, a little out of the main hustle and bustle of the Forge Day's patronage coming through. It seems that perhaps dwarven stereotypes exist for a reason, because while it is what is basically the dwarven equivalent of 1 p.m., the alehouse is pretty busy. It seems to be a good amount of foot traffic coming and going. Uh, but it... And you would know this, being a dwarf, having grown up in dwarven towns. Oh, yeah. It's quite common uh, that dwarves would 
come in throughout the day and stop for a quick drink and head back to what they were doing. And the culture is a lot less of coming and spending a couple of hours here, like either telling stories, gambling the night away, and more come in, have a drink or two, get back to work. I mean, there's, there's, it's pretty much the equivalent of instead of going on break to grab a cup of coffee. Exactly. It's literally that. You go on break, you go go to the tavern and grab a pint and you go back to work. It's exactly how it works. Because it takes a lot of alcohol to affect us dwarves, let's just say. (laughs) But, uh, alcohol and magma channels. (laughs) (laughs) She sits down to the corner. Put Big Red uh, in his own little seat and just sit down with her. You can see you see that like a lot of dwarves again. It's it's a it's Galarian. It's medieval fantasy enough that most people do carry a weapon because just like random bandits or even in a dwarven city, random wildlife is just as much of a problem. It's just not the wolves and bears you might find on the surface. It's yeah. you know purple worms sometimes. <laughs> so sometimes. So most people are traveling around. Uh, some degree of armed, and Scarlet's no exception. She's got a pretty big uh, mace on one hip, uh, square-headed, a big old just bonkin' mallet, uh, inscribed with a sigil on one side that's no... Well, it seems to be more stylistic than any kind of religious reference that you can recognize, not that your religion's reference ability is terribly high. I was about to say, Marshall has a religion? If it's not a symbol of Korag, <laughs> you may not immediately recognize it, no matter okay. what it is. Uh, but she... Uh, flags a barmaid over and sits down and looks up behind the bar where they have a pretty impressive display of various bottles mostly through assorted hues of amber but some of a variety of colors down near the end Uh, she points up kind of towards the middle of the bar Uh, that bottle underglow two glasses we'll take the whole thing and before too long with a nice rounded bottle of whiskey in front of you which is quite large and a pair of shot glasses and she hands a couple of silvers to the barmaid pours herself a drink is this <sighs> a thimble it's a whiskey Marshall. hand us down the whole bottle <laughs> you get the Jameson from here on out <laughs> Fireball. Kind Watered of down, Jameson. <laughs> a bit of a small grin. So he, you know, sets the glass down, starts pouring another, pours another shot for her. So, what business do you got going on? Well, frankly, I was hoping to ask you much the same. What are you doing in Coughlin, Marshal? Well, I'm here with my new little clan mates for trying to uh, investigate the uh, possible whereabouts of the Scarlet Triad, but in order to do that, we need to find uh, a few of some errands here and there for the council and we're doing all sorts of things. I just spent the last several hours looking up and down a stone wall trying to find defects and that didn't really work. Look, I suppose what's not so much the question and so much as why. What do you think you're accomplishing? Well, I can tell you one thing. The Scarlet Triad are terrible people. I mean, granted, I'm one to talk, but they're terrible people, and not to mention, uh, it might just so happen that a uh, fellow clan member from the family might be involved, and uh, I need to know why. With glass on one hand, she puts her thumb and forefinger on the bridge of her nose. 
Marshall, you can't. You cannot possibly be that dense. Kind of slams the glass on the counter and shakes the table a little bit. Dense. I've seen evidence. I've seen the papers. No. Even a- Marshall. Who do you think I am? I don't know. Who exactly are you? I bet I barely remember you. In all honesty. Yeah, you left fairly young after all that business with your father. And was never terribly close with your branch of the family in the first place, I suppose. Not really a mystery, but... You know, at least I think you do, why I'm here. But... You... Marshall, I don't even know where, where to begin on this. I cannot even begin to summarize how much you don't understand. I can't even conceptualize it in <laughs> how much you don't understand. Let me... Well, he just picks up the entire bottle and starts sipping out of it. You best be explaining and grab another bottle. <laughs> it is going to take oh, me a long time. You can hear the dial of noises. <laughs> Almost as if he's doing out of spite. I'm Let's... trying so hard to stay in the character, guys. Just Let so me... you know. I'm denser faster. Let me ask you something, Marshall. If you can even properly grasp the concept of a hypothetical question. <laughs> And she's getting snarky. I like her. The words are getting bigger. The understanding's getting farther away. <laughs> Say, your hometown is being threatened by the likes of a dragon. A dragon fully capable of killing you and everyone you know and care about, raising your whole town to the ground. But... If you could go yourself, sacrifice yourself to this dragon, and somehow sate his hunger alone, you'd die, certainly. But the rest of your town would live. Or you could run. You could leave your town to burn to cinders. What would you do? Well, then I'll answer your question with another question. What does happen to be? A magma dragon, by chance. It's not a literal question, Marshall. <sighs> but, I guess, in a way, yes, I, I, I would do what possible to protect my town. Of course you would. It'd be ridiculous not to. It'd be a level of selfishness you couldn't, you couldn't even conceptualize. Now, imagine this dragon isn't happy with but a single sacrifice. Needs a dozen. Two dozen. No one else in your town's willing to go. You're a strong sword. You could make them. Would you? Huh. You bet your ass I would. What I'm doing here. What Trigo, what the whole Scarlet Triad is doing. It's no different. Hmm. You came here through a portal, no? You used Alsa's ring. 
It came to the Eidor. Aye. And I take it Vitaris wasn't boasting about finding the Eye of the Wise. I was wailing through. He actually did. Is she kind of reaches in her neck and uh, pulls out what looks like a chisel that she has on a string. Uh, a relatively small one that you would use for fine detail and smithing. Mm. This is another. It was given to dwarven kind, linea past, a sign of friendship, a peace perhaps, from the elves. And after what the damned monkeys did to Vengagate, it only leaves one left that I imagine you and your friends have unaccounted for, and Trigal has that one. But Alcero's weapon ain't... It's, you, you don't even know what is that. It's not a portal, Marshal. You don't I understand what you're messing with. The thing's a prison. How's in a being the likes of which Galarian hasn't seen since Rovagog himself had to be sealed away by all the gods? You know, don't get me wrong. I understand what you're saying, to an extent. I'll admit, big words confuse me, but I will say this, as he pours a couple more shots. There's always a right way to a solution and a wrong way. And uh, enslaving others is definitely not on my list. Sometimes there's only one way. If you keep on the path you're on, with nary an idea what risks you bring into the whole world, you free a few dozen people, you free maybe a couple hundred. The price you pay is the whole of Galarian. Not just Kovler, not just Breachill. Every last man, woman, and child burnt in an age of ashes. Uh, roll credits. Roll credits. You don't, you don't I understand what you've gotten yourself involved into. Look! You think anyone, any one of us, enjoys what we have to do? As those that we have the, the coin to pay, those that we can hire, our resources aren't infinite. We need high-end mages, wizards, trying to work some kind of support. We've got researchers and historians trying to put together anything we can do to prevent this. But more work needs done than that. And the more people that know about it, the more dangerous it becomes. It's not a choice for us, Marshal. As she states this to her, or to him, he kind of just picks up Big Red quickly and just has the blade, like, on the <clears> left <throat> side. Overnight. Now listen. I understand. However. You are in a tavern. There's, like, a bunch of other people do you think Marshall I mean, obviously this is like <laughs> some attention but she just kind of raises a hand let me make one thing clear and then the, you see a little bit of the steam and the flame coming off his axe start to do its thing I'm gonna make a thing one thing clear for sure regardless of what danger it is my friends and I we will stop it and if you get in my way 
Make sure there was nothing left of you or the triad. So I'm giving you a friendly warning. Step down. That's all. Wish I could talk to that elf of yours. Seems like she's at least got a wee bit of sense. Anything yep. between her ears. I'll tell you the same thing, I promise you. The, st- the lass is very stubborn. But she could understand when things sometimes are necessary. It's a sacrifice for the greater good. It's what we have to do. I'm serious, Marshal. It's so am I. We're I'm done not- here. He sits up. Axel Virchon. Now, take my words kindly. Well, next time it'll be my axe. And I just walk out. As you uh, go to leave, you hear her yell out. You get out of the whole building and she goes, I'm sorry, Marshal! Can I give you at least a show of good faith? What can you possibly give me that a show of good faith? And she comes up, still staying like five, eight steps away. You're looking for a man. Alos. Not the Guild of Faith has sent you to find him. I know where he is. I don't have choice over exactly each and what individual thing that happens here, but I didn't know he was a priest. Then I look to bring the wrath of the gods down on us by taking him out of the cloth. What do you say? I can give you one man at least. Marshall kind of strokes his beard and ponders for a second. Right. Tell you what. This is what we're going to do. Puts his axe away. Follow this lead. And if if it's right, I might consider listening to you. But I'm bringing me friends with me. However, if you're wrong, your head will add it to my sack of trophies. Understood. Marshall. I get your poster, posturizing and all this. I do. But just tell your friends what I told you. At least let them think on it. Fine. If you can convince the Archmage, perhaps, to follow you up to also the ring itself, I'm sure he can see it. You talked to those damned jungle elves. Then I they tell you what they did with all the ring in the past. You know what's in there, Marshal, and you know why it can't come out. I'm aware, but it's not gonna rest forever. And with you and your friends running out, recklessly opening every damn portal in the thing, it's only a matter of time until it works its way free. I guess we'll just have to stop it before that happens, huh, don't we? I'll send you what I told you I would. It's the least I can do. Talk to your friends. Talk to your elf. She understands magic at the very least. And please, Marshall, just go home. Well, we'll see. Until then, stay out of my way. Fine. Oof. Severin, do you think the inn has, like, a masseuse? Because kneeling 
in front of that gate all day and bending down and looking for the stupid inconsistency has put a crick in my neck and back that will never, <laughs> ever come out without some sort of assistance. Oh, God. All the price we pay. Roisin has a morning star. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, we got rectangle too, don't forget that. Posturepedic. I think it's really funny that you think that that thing can get through my corset. <laughs> Ten tires, yeah. Sound damage gets through I already see that a full plate. But well, only Marshall, to the midriff. You didn't get your keg. But Resme and Trajik would have been able to meet back with the Guild of Finery, where the Adorned would have nodded. Clearly, even more solid in his concerns that the Archmages can confirm that there is anything wrong with the walls. Uh, no matter how much it seems like he, it may be something fairly mundane. He... He seems to think that the Archmage is a bit overly dismissive. Aloof. Aloof, perhaps, would be a good phrase. He's aloof. And uh, with the knowledge you brought him, quickly kind of scrambles to find something that would be valuable to you. Something he could at least provide you as thanks for the investigation that you followed up on his behalf. Sir, I can promise you... If there's anything to be found, we will follow up on the Archmage's work and make sure that it is found. I, I truly do understand that. I know. And I, I thank you for this that you've, you've looked into here, but... You know, magic's not really my strong point. I'm not going to stop worrying about this, at least not until we find out that there's either certainly nothing or whatever there is to be taken care of. You said you wanted to help? I. Will you turn around? Uh, just believe me. I, I, this is the only thing that's going to help. Well, I suppose I can... Uh, okay. And, and she'll kind of stand behind him, and she'll reach up, and she's like, all right, pick me up, and just bend over a little. <laughs> You're doing the back crack thing. If he does it, like, he'll actually hear her back give an audible crack. Oh! Oh, oh that's so much better. Oh, okay, we're even now. You know, <laughs> there's certainly a lot better sources throughout Kovlar that could be much better than that. I can give you several recommendations, actually. I could, but if I didn't get that worked out almost immediately, I wasn't going to be able to get up tomorrow morning. Look, I'll send you to Alassa Mine. She's down at the Lakeside District, works out of the communal bathhouses. Absolute wizard she is. On par with anything that the Archmage has working for her. Oh. But here. You, at the very least, and, well, that friend of yours, the uh, very heavily armored lass. I'm terrible with names. Roisin. Roisin it was. The two of you seem like you enjoy a bit of the finer things in life, but, you know, due to your occupation in your day-to-day, -day, obviously, there's... A lot of times you're kind of forced to be a little more cautious. Uh, here, I have something for you. Ooh. And he pulls out just a, a small folded piece of silk that he opens up to reveal a pair of perfectly squared rune stones sat in his hand. These are nothing terribly impressive. Simple magics, really. But 
ones that I find a fair few members of the Guild of Arms have been quite envious of. Uh, if you can get this magic swapped over to your armor. Of course, you can't really benefit from this, but your friend Rasheen can, and maybe someone else in your group. Th thank you. Won't make it any lighter, won't make it any simpler, but it'll certainly make it more presentable. Oh, how lovely! And he hands you a pair of glamour druid stones. Oh. Which is a armor property rune that lets you literally take one action of just envisioning that instead of armor you are wearing something nice, and then it uh, uses an illusion to make it appear as though you are wearing something nice. You better work! Does it make me. Does it make me clank less? Uh, it does not, no. Doesn't have the auditory trait? Um, it's purely visual, I believe. Yeah, it is purely visual. It is the shape and appearance. So you will still hear the jangling of the, the plate and the chain, but you will at least look a little bit nicer. You won't look like you're visibly wearing full plate. Uh, I mean, it will be... It's not a terribly difficult illusion to see through. It is very much a kind of surface level thing. Make it look for cool. social cool. and polite conversation. Could also fool the uh, occasional dingus who doesn't look... I, I mean, at a ca casual glance, you're going to look like you're not wearing full plate armor, so... Mm -hmm. Or a conversation starter. You just talk and you just walk up to someone and visualize... Oh, it's a dress. It is also neat because it, I believe, lets you change to fine clothing of basically any kind. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, it's yes. of your imagining. So it is also like an entire wardrobe unto your full plate. Can I please have one? You can also I make that. your full plate. You could literally put this just into your explorer's clothing. <laughs> you have medium armor now, actually. Yeah. yeah, you have armor. I can. I am going to wear it, and I'm going to turn it into a peacock cloak. <laughs> it, well, you can. That yes, is within. That is I a, mean, that is within the realm of possibility for the glamoured runestone. I'm so happy. No. What have you done? Best <laughs> day. We will all be Emperor Birds. Now, Resme, I thought we were done fighting Bone Devils. What just happened? Oh. Are you all right? Oh, I'm fine. It's just <laughs> these are going to be beautiful, and I'm going to make Roisin look like a pretty princess. What do Roisin they... just sneezes. <laughs> She's not even here, but somewhere <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> a darkness creeps over her. A chill run off my spine. <laughs> you feel cold? Got a fever? Might be sure. sick. You've been I working hard. I think those will be at least hard. a little useful then. Oh, yes. They're going, they can make your, your armor look visually like anything you want them to. I'm going to ruffle my leather jacket, but I like what I'm wearing. Oh, no, no, no. Darling, you're gorgeous. I have, <laughs> I want absolutely nothing to do to mar your beauty. But you have to admit, Rasheen does get a bit shoveled. <laughs> <laughs> Read, eaten by monsters. <laughs> Occasionally mildly gore. But imagine how much more lovely she would be if while she was getting disheveled, she was wearing a princess cut gown with lovely frills and, and silk furbelows. Chilly in this place. <laughs> you, you feeling okay? I'm sorry. I think I prefer the arm on myself. Hmm. It's all right. We can teach you that you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Allow me to show you the error of your ways, <laughs> my well, good lizard friend. While you're at it, perhaps you would like to sample my wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
for sheep. <laughs> Brother of mine, I would never drink anything that came out of your pack without examining Jesus. it in our chemical lab first. <laughs> It's clearly the bottle of slumber wine. He has a label that just says slumber wine. It looks like it's just kind of uncommon. They can be ripped off yeah. very easily. Not just everything's sure labeled. It, it literally just says slumber wine, idiot. And then if you're an idiot, you're like, but what if it isn't slumber no. wine? Everything in my inventory is labeled in Aroxy. I, I, I understand it. You speak it. it. You know it what it is. Slumber wine. <laughs> it says slumber wine for you. But for anybody who doesn't know better, it's a fancy foreign wine. This is gonna get Joe. This is gonna get funny really quick. <laughs> oh, it's like a nighttime tea. Fantastic. <laughs> so if Marshall has trouble sleeping, he knows what the. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. This is Nyquil. Take a sip. <laughs> the group I, I of you. Rexy word for it. Nyquil. <laughs> are bantering. And the, the group of you would. Eventually, after completing your various investigations, end up reconvening back at the Gold Sky Inn, I imagine, unless there was somewhere else you would agree in advance nope. to... Uh, I think that the Inn. Gold Sky Inn is a fine place to meet up. And would be able to explain, uh, obviously, you'd be able to tell what happened with your investigations, that the trail kind of went cold. You would be able to tell what you found with the walls. Uh, I found a line. Is Marshall sharing with the class? <sighs> Well, he's probably going to be the last one to show up, in all honesty, because he got a little delayed. So he you just kind of. You are actually a lot closer to Grandma's alehouse. You are like a, literally a mile closer to the Gold Sky but, than oh, everyone how, else. How good is he with directions? He's not going to a bar. Hey, hold on. Hold on. Let's, I have to give you context. Okay, we're going to get some. Uh, uh, Marshall. In. Marshall's not that dumb. Let me get some context. Okay. He's dead, okay, but he's so, not that dumb. So, uh, this here. Is Grandma's alehouse? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is the wow. Gold Sky Inn. Okay. <laughs> that requires, that requires it is around the corner. You guys are all the way up here in various places. This is true. He is literally three buildings. So logically <laughs> speaking, as everyone's coming back to the inn, I'm probably already at the like bar just sipping yes, a beer. Yes, you would definitely have been the first one there. I imagine that conversation kind of dulling your desire to go catch up at the Guild of Finery. But uh, everyone would trickle into you. Trishik I just kind of look up at everyone. And I've like, made a oh. pact that we're not telling Roisin what the stone is until it's already on her armor. Oh Since she we're the ones who would put it in. I know, but she won't know that until it's actually on her armor. You could just tell her to think about a pretty dress, and then it would happen. See, that's what I'm going to do. Or worse, Marshall could take it and put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Marshall is going to be the prettiest, prettiest princess. Marshall in the brightest, pinkest, and fluffiest of tutus, smashing everything. <laughs> Basically, what a magical equivalent of pull my finger. That's basically what that is. Exactly. First, I'm going to tell you to think about being a bunny. But after you all share your <laughs> investigations girl for the day, uh, Marshall. So as I, uh, as I'm sipping down my beer, my beer here, and I'm just I look at everyone. So um, I don't want to be that guy, but uh, I may have some important information to share for once. Oh, please, don't be the person with important information, Marshal. So, uh, remember that possible family member that might be involved? Yes. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Let's just say I had a nice glass of whiskey with her. Did you actually have a nice glass of whiskey with her? Oh, it was very lovely. I, I drank it, most of it. So was it a glass of, or, or a bottle? It started off with a couple of tiny, weeny, little short glasses, but then it eventually turned into me, you, you know, just taking a bottle. Right, but, right, what, uh, what did she have to say? 
And then uh, on that, I relay everything that she's told me and what I've said in response. You tell them everything. Yep, I told them everything in full detail. And you could even see as I'm talking about it, you can tell that like the vein in the side of my skull is like starting to bulge out because it just angers me thinking about it. This is good information. If she keeps such an important item simply on a necklace, it would not be the difficult for me to just take it. It's not just slavery, but human sacrifice? Goodness gracious, how far there's, does the rot go? But there's something else about it. I can't really explain. She seemed very, and I repeat, very desperate, and she is, and she was asking me to personally, uh, for lack of a better term, speak with you more than anything. She... Look, because... I know this seems... This seems like a fairy tale, but the fact of the matter is, is the Mwangi people, they were very, very honest about that with us. They believe that that dragon is trapped in the gate, and I am telling you, I have seen an image of it. It may not have been there when we went through it, but I believe that there is a dragon or something trapped in that gate. This only confirms what I, I guess I haven't thought about it in a while, but it makes sense. So what do you suggest we do? I would like to talk to her. Ah, that's where I'm going to have to stop you last Saturday. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. However, I think uh, between me and the boss here, we might be able to come up with a very clever strategy. I think talking to her would be a good idea. With safety precautions. Exactly. If and nothing... Roshin and myself, somewhere out of sight. Roshin, preferably on the other side of a door. Have me on something nearby, like a rooftop, perhaps invisible in the room. And as soon as she says what we want to hear, we subdue her. That's what I was thinking. Well, I'll be subduing her, all right. But... One way or another. Here's the thing. I... Clearly, we cannot let her continue to sacrifice people to this thing. But if we want to have any chance of defeating it, we're going to have to find out as much about it as possible. And you don't go killing an asset before you have everything the asset has to give you. And she is clearly an asset. She knows what's going on. And that is why we talk to her. Let you get the information, you give signal, we in the information. However, I still, I mean, she said out of good faith, for lack of better terms, she has information on one of our missing persons. Well, well oh, which one? Um, Talos, do you, do right? you have, Do you yeah. have several? Do I have what? Several missing persons? I guess there's the boat of people that disappeared on the, the boat. The yeah. boat. Right. Missing Akvary. The one, the one with the name and then the bunch that don't yeah. have a name. Talos and the, the boat. Them, them, <laughs> them guys. Them guys. Talos and the people we will definitely so, never yeah. see a, again. Dwarf B, Dwarf yeah. C. So, I'm sure they're fine. So I just kind of relayed to Roisin. I'm like, yeah, she claims that she has information about Talos and whatever else. But because of obviously we don't trust her, you know, I told I told her as exchange. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna see if this fact is true, and if it is, then I may consider talking to you. If not, I'm just gonna take your head. Slaver with morals. She draws the line at religious folk, apparently. Hmm. I don't know if slaver is accurate. At this point, I think we have to call them 
kidnapper. Not just kidnappers, but murderers. Well, we knew that one already. already. But Regardless, I don't trust it. There's a difference between, and I know this is going to sound droll, but there's a very large difference in taking people and bringing them to work because you want some sort of profit or there's an end to it. There's a very different thing that would allow a person to be so cold that they would knowingly take innocent people and sacrifice them. Cold or desperate, perhaps? Please don't mistake me for trying to empathize with the slaver. Uh, I have very little room for mercy or respect for him. But if they're desperate, and it sounds like she is something of a desperate person, she's looking to find a way to stop this dragon. If what she says is true, it may be worthwhile to try and get the Archmage over to the gate to take a look at it. We are knowingly undoing a seal by every time we walk through the place. Probably be something we'd want to avoid. I should think. So, can we start investigating and see if the lead is any good first before we do anything else? Well, it could be useful. Uh, if we come down in strength, uh, at the very least, if it's a double cross and the triad goons are there and they try to attack us, it just makes it easier to take them down. Exactly. Uh, and uh, on the other hand, uh, perhaps we get to rescue a good man and save his wife from more tears. Well, it, only it one is... way to find out. It is also hard evidence that they are active in the city. Just so. Uh, if they're uh, like the other triad members, they'll be carrying badges of office, perhaps more of those shackles. We'll bring it in before the council, get some good gravitas out of it. <sighs> Might and be worth including the uh, the man at arms. So I he also... could see it for himself. Bringing him with us, you think? Uh, I doubt he'd want to leave the city, and that's almost a search in these words where, where they're holding him. Uh, he went missing right outside one of the gates outside of the city. But, um, well, I... when their lead comes, we'll know where to go. Well, exactly. In the meantime, do we want to go and perhaps try to pay the fortunate a visit, explain how she's being framed? Yeah, At this point, well, it is the middle of the forge day. It would be the functional equivalent of like 10 p.m. for you guys, because it was like a full day of investigation. Well, so, it's not uh, hard to go just talk to someone. Yeah, no. Especially when they're riding, riding around. around. Yeah. Gambling, it's, I'm it's in. This building, right? Yeah, it is, uh, it is relatively close by. Yeah, it's a oh, little no, further it's the, down. The, yeah, the round one. Yeah, it's this one down here. Well, if it's another block down, I want to go. Besides, <laughs> <laughs> we can't. And that's why I draw the line. <laughs> I can see it from the front door, but uh, there's two streets between it us and so there. so much walking. Uh. We, we can't go through an entire <laughs> adventure and never gamble at all. I think we totally can, actually. No. Not with me. Involved. Not with him involved. Don't we gamble with our lives every single day? I'm Is that say, not enough? We literally roll dice to see if Just we survive the day. It's like 300 yards. Wait, if we're gambling far. with our okay. lives, are we the insurance? Yeah. It's the house always I got no insurance right here. <laughs> house does always win. That's why there's only one original character left. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, I praise Centipede, and I'm going to stay that way. Oh, I can't stop Centipede. That's too powerful. Centipede is pretty powerful. Well, if you wanted to go while well, it is the middle of the day, uh, regardless of your own uh, state, you, you, if you want to just go talk to her, it's definitely something yeah. you could do. Uh, you wouldn't be able to stay terribly long. I'm mostly just going to like hear what she has to say based on what we found. Oh, by the way, on the way over, Raz and I found these, look, look at these things. It's like a roll that's been cut and that has these seafood meat in it and they soak it in butter. It's like mostly oh. butter. You might want to actually try to taste the second one, but I knew you'd do that, so I bought you a second one. <laughs> just for the record, I already swallowed it. <laughs> two bites this time for this one, two bites. 
He's at least tasting it and chewing it. I give it to him. It's not <laughs> bad, is it? I'm just going to eat half of it across. <laughs> just, just. I mean, <laughs> it's better than what Raz does. He just chews right through the middle. It gives you two for later. Yeah. Uh, I just not how Raz eat one. things. Severance steals a shrimp while no one's looking. Why is this Rats? suddenly turn into how they eat their food Pathfinder edition? Because it's Pathfinder. It's funny to eat a sandwich <laughs> half the wrong way <laughs> or to eat through directly the middle. It's content. <laughs> we, have, we have unique and quirky characters. <laughs> the group of you, sandwich consumption methods notwithstanding, uh, head out of the Gold Sky Inn and down to the Whims of Fortune, where as you approach now, the doors are wide open. Uh, there is what appears to be a guard of some kind standing at the uh, outside of the doors themselves. He doesn't have any armor, really. He does have a, a fairly small, not really concealed. It's, it's clear that he is armed but not just ostensibly out on his hip, there is big sword or anything. But he does have something a little bit more subtle, uh, sort of under a jacket. Uh, a dwarf standing there, fairly well-maintained, hands together in front of him, just kind of watching, nods to the group of you as you approach. Is there a secret password? If there is, I can't really tell you, could I? That's a good secret. That's, That's fine. true. <laughs> well, can, can we go in? Of course. Oh, Best good. of luck. Thank Enjoy you. yourselves. Very kind. Do you tip the doorman in a, in a, in a casino? No. Okay. No. no. That'd be less money that you could lose at the tables. But Can't I, be having that. But I don't plan on losing any money. No one ever does. Oh. But as you head inside, uh, you get the full splendor of a dwarven casino on tier with the entire Anvilers Guild and Stonemasons Guild and like Soldiers Guild of Cobbler. This is their guild hall, but the Whims of Fortune, as it is called, is also a pretty spectacular building unto itself. Uh, immediately, there are a wide assortment of almost garishly vibrant bright colors near everywhere. Uh, and a bit of almost brief sensory overload just entering through the doors. It's not terribly loud, but there is... It's like a house bit, of Shalem. It's like the, the general rumble mm. of a, the busy drinking hours at a tavern in well, it's Kentargo, a large enough city. Maybe, maybe times 1.5. Uh, with a lot of just uproarious laughter, uh, shouted, shouted conversations and outbursts and a whole lot of various coins and dice moving throughout the place. It is a wide assortment of different tables, uh, each seeming to be staffed by a single dwarven man or woman who bears a pin with the same crest of the Gambler's Guild that you saw uh, Fortunate Cave Scream had when you met her at the Court of Regents. So it seems like the actual gamblers, gamblers Guild themselves are running each of the individual tables. Obviously, it's their casino. Uh, but any games of chance, both dwarven or more traditional surface you would want, there are some tables for, although it is vastly majoritively uh, what appear to be a pair of dwarven dice games taking up a large amount of the tables, each one seating 
maybe a dozen raucous dwarves with massive stacks of brightly colored square tiles that they have in front of them in, uh, in lieu of more traditional coin. And not too far inside the door, there is a large counter where you see several people with their purses out, counting coin, exchanging for these same sort of tokens. And surprisingly, it's not actually difficult for you to see the fortunate herself, as uh, at the moment she is actually visible on the floor, uh, back behind the counter, uh, looking through some kind of book or ledger near the exchange station. And the five of you being the incredibly visible, vibrant, unique, and quirky characters that you are. Spot the protagonist. You would near immediately gain her attention. Which, with a big grin, she'd, uh, she'd just wave the groupie over from the door. Uh, and put her book down. This looks like so much fun. Around the counter. Oi! It's certainly a bunch of fun if you're actually making coin off of it, but, you know, plenty of people that aren't keep coming back anyway. So there must be something to it, I imagine. Welcome to the whims of fortune, friends. Hmm. How lovely. to be here. It's quite, quite bright in here. Ah, and you got surface eyes. <laughs> it's something extra special for the dwarves. I, I hear this is even muted compared to some of the stuff they have up on Absalom on the surface. I've heard wild tales from the traveling merchants. You wouldn't believe. I don't believe them. Honestly, I think... On the grand scale of things, most stories have at least some seed of a truth in them, but there's no way they can be that ridiculously extravagant. They can. Anyway, here. Uh, if you want a drink, I can definitely get something for each of you. And as you put so much effort in traveling here and, and come and try and to help Kovler the grip you otter, uh, she just reaches back behind the counter, shunting one of the little dwarves over that's currently counting through some things and grabs a small stack of three blue tokens that she puts in front of, she, she puts out in five distinct stacks here consider this a free taste oh not very kind of you well we'll certainly be interested in, in indulging a bit here but um isn't this what drug dealers do she looks <laughs> you'll find a lot of dwarves agreeing with you here in cobbler and throwing a lot of commonalities drug dealers yes you get you get a taste what and then you want more each of those is five gold pieces, so oh, wow. use them well. Oh, wow. Spectacular. Um, we also did come here to discuss a bit of business, uh, which you might not be wanting to speak about right on the floor, yes. if you get my meaning. Could we go someplace private? Um, I, of course we could. Um, you know, we can step back. I got offices, of course. This is a guild hall, after all. Come on. And uh, she'd lead the group you back around across the floor a decent ways uh, to a stairwell kind of off to the side. That's uh, next to a, a few restrooms, which with a simple rope in front of it, but another one of the guards standing nearby on the outside, on the actual floor, uh, basically is back to the wall where the entrance to the main stairwell is. And uh, Fortunate would nod to him. He would nod briefly, and she'd just move the rope and usher the group you through upstairs, leading you to a much more traditional upper level. Uh, much more plain, mundane stone hallways. Uh, which actually would be entirely unlit, uh, save for some ambient light coming in through the windows from Kovler outside, uh, as, you know, dwarves don't particularly need the light. Solas. <laughs> Throw up a quick incantation so you can see where you're going. Uh, leading through some various offices, counting rooms, and vaults to either side. Uh, she would take you almost immediately into a doorway on the left, into a fairly large office, 
with uh, the floor covered in a massive rug styled like the tabletop of whatever that dwarven dice game was you saw right by the main door. <laughs> a little garish, possibly a little ridiculous, but maybe what you expect from the fortune at this point. And seated at the end where the dealer would be is a curved desk that's not around the seat, but bending outwards, but clearly form over function here. But she doesn't head back to sit behind it. She just heads over, leans against the desk, and just motions for whoever comes in last to close the door behind you. I appreciate your aesthetic sense of humor. <laughs> and I apologize for the lack of light. Well, that's a bit difficult for some of you, but, well, not typically something we really need up here. Easily rectified, and uh, one that uh, any who frequent the caves should be used to providing for themselves. So, I should have expected you came here on business. You seem a very purpose-driven sort. Uh, well, yes. Uh, I guess that comes of uh, uh, losing pretty much everything along the way. But did you know, and this is a rather interesting thing, I find a whole lot of travelers aren't terribly familiar with, you don't actually have to think about that all the time. Sometimes you can just drink, roll some dice, and enjoy life. Question. Yes? Did you take the anti-magic rune? I, they take what anti-magic rune? From the vault. Sorry, it's a long day. What possible reason would I have to take we, anti-magic we've rune? We've already established that she didn't, though. Well, we ask her first. We've established it, but I want to make sure that she hasn't. All right, there's clearly some sort of interrogation going here. No. Oh, no, 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 I don't blame you for it. Not a wee bit. It's a bit of an unofficial policy of the city of Cobbler to blame the Gambler's Guild for everything that goes wrong or missing. I've already cleared you in my mind. I just needed to hear it from your mouth. I don't understand why you need to hear that. We pretty much cleared you at the meeting, practically. I mean, it was pretty obvious what they were trying to do. Basically, is a uh, formality to ask you to get your answer so that it can be added to the notes for every, everything we are doing. Uh, long right. story short, we have found somebody faked your signature and has entered the vault and taken the room. And then they ripped out the paper. You're being framed. And when was this again? Approximately... I know they spoke of it at the Regents Council, but I wasn't entirely paying attention to the dates. Like, three Farge days at this point? I believe point. it was th uh, three now. It was and, uh, two when we got here. As you say that, you see for the first time her face kind of darken and an actually relatively serious expression come across it. And she grits her teeth. You can see almost lock her jaw as her hand that she was just kind of rubbing her nose this balls into a fist. It, you know, I suppose this should have put that one together earlier. I guess that's on me. All right. Well, naturally, since uh, the Guild of Coin was the one who approached us about this, we'd be bringing our findings to them. But given how involved you involuntarily appear to have been, it's only right to come speak with you first. Well... Then I suppose maybe the Gambler's Guild, or more me personally, does perhaps have something merit in your investigation here. The same night my house was broken into. Oh. And your badge of office perhaps borrowed for the night? Mm, no. I got home, it was in my lockbox where I left it. It was borrowed. It but was borrowed, it was borrowed the and then put back. That's why they broke in. They were able to disguise themselves as you 
pull the I, uh, men now, thing. Believe it or not, in my line of business, I do deal with a fair amount of cheats and charlatans. My lockbox is relatively secure. And I got no reason to believe any it was tampered with. Yeah, even if the, they, there's no way they have the key, I have it on me person, basically all the time. And picking into things like that, it does leave marks. Forgive me for assuming, but I'm sure at least one of you is familiar enough to recognize that. I. What yes. if it was an inside man? Uh, an inside oh. man won't have the key. There's only one. The key to your lockbox. Aye. And she uh, reaches down into her uh, pocket and pulls it out. I pulls out a small, it looks like almost silvered key. It's very tiny, the length of a thumb. Right here. May I? I didn't have it on me at the day because I had business to attend to with some meetings. Or the, the region symbol on me, rather. But the, the key was on me the whole time. Um, if a key is copied, um, there can sometimes be little marks in really specific places. Again, believe it or not, I do deal with this on a day-to-day -day uh, basis. Trishik, will you look at it with me? I don't mean to be blunt or crass with the group here. I, I'm not... It shouldn't be the face of my frustrations here. We are just but, trying to figure out how they could have gotten in using a legitimate symbol from one of the council is members. It, is it, it well, possible? It could have been one of the council members. It's it unlikely. Is. They could have just borrowed. They could have just checked it out themselves. It's but very they, unlikely that a well, council is the one who took it. I wanted to frame her. I can almost guarantee you that my regent's sigil hadn't been messed with. I did check that after I was going through trying to figure out what was taken. And it wasn't much, honestly. They took a ruby and sapphire ring that the last things I have from my grandmother. I'm hmm. so sorry. So it was not magical, I take it. It wasn't. But it would be quite valuable pond, I imagine. And it would it make it look real. a bit of a sore spot. Well, we'll see if we can get that back for you. Uh... I think they did that just to make the robbery look like a normal robbery. I also need to tell you that obviously I know if there is some mess going on here in Cobbler, I don't know what it is and hopefully the group of you might score it, try out or whatever, but I'm playing this a little bit close to the chest. There's not many other than my close friends that know about this robbery, so I ask you to not share it even with the other council members. We won't. It's an important part of the investigation that the Guild of Coin may eventually ask about, but we respect your wishes. One of the reasons we came to you. Look, if nothing else, I got a bit of a reputation to upkeep. I'm uh, not a casino. Of course, we can explain other ways. home's been robbed. Kind of undermines the faith, no? I can see that, there are, there are other ways we can explain. But you don't live in the casino, after all. I don't. But the well-being of me guild and those in my employ. It's damn sure more, more important to me than a piece of metal and stone, no matter how much sentimental value they have. Roisin, they essentially kicked in the door to her house. It's a matter of reputation and honor. She wouldn't want it known. And that's the thing, they didn't kick in the door. They picked in a window. Somehow, that's a back window, I suppose, to an alley, but weren't even in the dead of night. That'll be damn good at it to get in and out without raising a single hair of suspicion and to get through the locks. I run a casino. I don't cheap out on security. It wouldn't be too difficult with, with uh, the appropriate 
resources. And regardless, it seems that at least this particular person, uh, or at least the group, if it was indeed a group, had some sort of magical backing, being able to actually impersonate you successfully at the vault. I could also explain how they got back out, because I didn't see any signs of them leaving. If I wanted to get into your house, I assure you I wouldn't need a key. I'm aware, I'm aware magic exists, even if I'm not proficient myself, but... Well, the fact of the matter is, they either somehow made it into your luck box and borrowed your sigil, um, and put it back in such a way that not even your trained eye could notice it, or they broke into your house for an entirely unrelated reason and borrowed a different counselor's sigil without them realizing it. Not all of the counselors will be as diligent as you with their security. That much, I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> if for whatever they... reason they were looking to get their hands on a, a regent sigil to steal something from the region's fault, an anti-magic rune or whatever it was, Mine's the last one to be wanting to go for, save for maybe, maybe Command, Commander Bronzebeard, and that's only because he'd had to take your head off right and personal if you stole from him. But, I mean, come on! You can't steal it from the Carpenter's Guild! The man doesn't even understand what a lock is! Like, likely where they got it. He don't even lock his front door! Hmm. One um, way or another. Let me, let's, let's just take a look at the key. Let's just take a look. But the Guild of Faith, nothing against them, but the Sentinel's 900 God's damned years old. He could barely see a sheet of paper held in front of him. He wouldn't notice if the thing went, I, I guess, it, until he needed it again at least. There's no way they'd come to me to steal it unless they were really hell-bent on pinning it on me specifically, which again... It does appear that they just are... Just part and parcel with Kovler, I suppose. Well, perhaps... Perhaps there's that to be considered. Uh, Resme, dear. Uh, yeah, remind we... my memory. When weaving a, a, a magical disguise, does it actually help you impersonate someone better if you have something personal of them? It definitely can, especially depending on uh, what purpose you're trying to impersonate someone for. There are very specific things that you would only be able to do if you had that kind of an arcane link. Mm. It mm. is possible if we went and asked the robot man, uh, he might remember such a distinct ring if they were wearing it. <laughs> Call him the robot man to his face, and you have to tell me what he says. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not exactly sure uh, what to call him. Oh, I needed that. That was nice. While we're talking, <sighs> uh, can we just uh, look at the ring? Yeah, I'm going to cast Detect Magic. The, uh, the, the key. key. Oh, the key. key. Yeah, I was like, the ring is gone. The ring yeah. is wrong. No, the, so it's the gone. Key. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the tech magic, as you look it over, it's a very small, non-magical key. And, and uh, I'll just look at it closely. Looking through, uh, just what, even what you already know of thievery and lockpicking, like it clearly goes. This doesn't require a roll. It clearly goes to a lock that is relatively complex. It's small, but it's not simple. Uh, it doesn't have. I don't know key terminology. It yeah. doesn't have like a, a very normal. Teeth. Not teeth, but like flat stem, the part the teeth are even attached to. Because your normal key is basically a two-dimensional object that you put in a slot. It's not even that. The key itself is actually cylindrical. Okay. Uh, bored hollow through the center of the tube itself with a couple of small notches and holes throughout and a pair of ridges on the top of top and bottom on the outside of the chamber. Uh, it looks like a lock like that even for you, would be pretty difficult to pick because conventional thieves, thieves tools would not really, they're not really made for that. 
skeleton key. I mean, yeah, you have magic and you are also Drashik, so. Like... <laughs> you can just need the pick that Bosnian Bill and I made. <laughs> that kind of key. <laughs> That's what we're looking at. It's <laughs> exactly what it is. I could pick this with a pencil lead. Um, taking a look a little bit closer at it non-magically, um, clearly it's not something someone would notice to the naked eye, but if it does have all of those little holes and indentations, is there anything that looks like it's a little bit waxier in some places, or there's yeah, maybe, any little yeah, maybe pieces a check and you can... caught Yeah, that's what it. I would That's want a roll. That's the look. Uh, both of you can roll me a perception check on that, or one can aid the other if you so choose. Uh, I'll, uh, it's perception? Yeah. I'll aid you. All right, so you roll first, then, uh, resume. Can't roll in there. It is guarded by rat. <laughs> uh, that's going to be a... 30-something. Yeah. What's your proficiency modifier? Uh, in perception. Are you expert? Expert, yeah. So that's going to be a plus one... Two. Two. It's critical success. Yeah. Okay, dope. So at a plus 22, I feel like for the shenanigans, I'm going to reroll that six. <laughs> I'm going to find something. He's got to be able to inspect a key. This is like the most tristic <laughs> action that showed up in weeks. <laughs> Fantastic. That's what you get. That's what I get. That's the fun. That's why you give me the hero. You, <laughs> you drop it. <laughs> Fall I just drop it. Uh, no, total, that is a uh, 24. Uh, 24, looking over the key, you don't see any signs that it's been tampered with. And again, even if it was even like pressed in play or something, the simplest form of copying, there would be some sign of that on the key itself, no matter how, uh, or that it would have been cleaned afterwards. It looks a little tarnished from fairly regular use. It doesn't look like it's recently been cleaned or maintained uh, specifically. I mean, when was the last time you cleaned your keys? And... You gotta go home um, and do that now. Point, yeah. Yesterday. So, so no Never. efforts have been made. Yeah, that's what I thought. No efforts have been made to cover anything up and you don't see any signs that this has been mechanically copied in any way. I do not believe anything happened. It, uh... It's most likely that they stole your ring to impersonate you in someone else's sigil, which could still be missing. Is that really how magic works? You steal me grandmam's ring, and then what exactly? So if I was going to impersonate you, and I wanted to be more convincing of it, I would want something that had a strong emotional link to you something that really meant something to you, something that tied to your identity, uh, having that would make, could make the magic much stronger. Poss um, possibly strong enough to fool the inevitable. Well, I suppose that makes sense. The lesson we've learned here today is drink more and care about things less. Well, actually, I think the lesson we've learned here today is that just because uh, a person doesn't do uh, what you think is necessarily respectable does not mean she is not respectable because I think you're quite nice. Look, you don't have to tell me. You have to tell maybe 40% of the population of Kovler, including at least half the council. I'm not, obviously I run a casino, but there's a, well, a fair share of people that don't really think the Gambler's Guild should exist. And how many of them do you think are just jealous they didn't do it first? Ah! 
I like you. The question like is, you. how, how You're many... my favorite lizard I've ever met. <laughs> I would the... imagine you do not meet many of them. No, I haven't. But there was, let me tell you this one time, one of these lizard folks, unlike you, came in. Uh, just absolutely flabbergasted by the entire concept of gambling. I don't know if he grew up in a literal swamp or what exactly it was. We tried to set him down. I don't want to be men. It's not a complicated game. That's not the point. The point is to be so simple that a pissed drunk dwarf can still lose all their money at the table. I, we try to explain to him, simplest concept. You roll dice, you get number, you're aiming for a thing, wagers go out. Would not stop putting the rocks in his mouth. I swear to you. Is that a thing? Some lizard folk literally live their entire life in the swamp. For him to have found his way down here is very lucky. Wait, you turn I met, around? I met a Rooksy once. I met a Rooksy once who actually ate stones. Said it helped with his digestion. That was what I was worried about. You, you turn around, Severin has two chips in his mouth, <laughs> and he kind of is looking really awkward, and then he drops them. Matash just has, has a die. He's picked up off the floor, and he's like just shaking it like he's going to roll it. Roshin's just going to surreptitiously count her three chips to make sure they're still there. If you pick up the right lizard folk at the right time of day and you tilt him over, he sounds like one of those rain rods. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Can we see your lockbox just real quick? I'll just be at your house. Do you really need to come to my house? No. Look, I can give you, I can give you this. I can 100%. Now, I am very much a betting woman. And I'd wager if we go downstairs right, right now, Shalia's still here. And she was here the other day when my house was broken into. And uh, I'm pretty sure that she can verify. <laughs> Hold on, come with me. Oh. And she'll uh, open the door to her office and just uh, stride back out. She's got a kind of a grin on her face. Are you sleeping with her? And she has. <laughs> Gods, no! Employees, can you imagine? No, she ain't an employee, just a regular. Oh, fair See? enough. See? That's fine. Heads down the stairs and immediately turns her head out to a table and just points. She's like, ah, perfect. Come here. Um, and she, she approaches the table where Shalia's sitting there gambling, playing some dice. Shalia! And she turns and just uh, waves a hand. She's a squat little dwarf. Pretty ginger hair. Dice just... A couple of big, rough braids to the back of her head, kind of just very standard, uh, looking like she's not well, she's decently well off, as far as cobbler standards are, are concerned, enough to be able to come here pretty regularly, to the point where Fortunate Cave Scream knows her uh, Does she, comes she look down, like the type to consider worshipping Abadar? Not really, no. Okay. She's in a casino <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know what F. Abadar has any particular views on gambling it's money being transferred for goods and services. Yeah, if it's legitimate, I guess it doesn't really have a problem with it. She might like Zonkuthon. Anyway, uh, as we come down, she she kind of looks and sees her leading a group of what appear to be incredibly heavily armed assorted people. I'm not armed. And a rat. <laughs> <laughs> and she just kind of looks and everybody go, Oh! Have I done something? I'm not looking for a repeat of Kavale's back! Uh, kind of a nervous chuckle, <laughs> and the uh, case screen just kind of lays around. No, no, Shelly, don't worry. That's actually what I'm here about. That's <laughs> unprompted, you see. So you remember, uh, what was it? Three Forge nights ago. Forge fire. 
It was. Last forge fire. Uh, would you like to tell these fine folk? <laughs> the brief summary of what happened. They're very interested to hear the story. And Chelia looks, Oh, I, I suppose I could. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've put quite enough air in me to retell this one yet. There's a man that came in. Have you, is this the... Are you trying to warn these these folk off? These look like fine enough travelers. They look like they're good for their coin. You gotta hit them with the fear monger immediately. Oh yes, do hit me with the fear monger, and please, please. <laughs> well, this lad came in here. Uh, a wee bab can't have been over 40, 45 years of age. Hey. Sat down at the table with his date. I got it in his head that winning a bunch of money at the whims of fortune was how he was gonna win her little heart. And he was going to do that via, well, not exactly subtle methods of cheating. Mm. Look, the, the Gambler's Guild here. I, I give you a word of advice, I suppose, is what the fortunate wants from me. Don't do that. These dealers got eyes like owls up on the surface. They can feel the tremors in the earth when something's wrong in the cards and the bones they hit the table right. Long story short... He threw a fit when he was called out on the whole thing. Unfortunate <laughs> herself picked him up by the back of his belt and physically hurled him out the front gates. I threw in a barrel of trash after him, if I recall correctly. <laughs> and forced his smile on her face. I thought I did. So, thank you. Enjoy your evening, Shalia. Uh, <laughs> always better told. You got a knack for it, don't you? So, who, I was here. Who was he? Oh, oh I, I see. Know. You're accounted for your presence. I was really wondering where the story was going, but it was very interesting at the same time. <laughs> it was quite entertaining. It seems that if he was doing something that obvious, that he was trying to create maybe some sort of distraction. Oh, no, I'm no, sure no, 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 he no. thought it was very subtle. We deal with his type quite regularly, but usually they leave rather quietly. But, you know, I guess he didn't think I'd do it. Well, but this is what's important. Your fortunate ship has an alibi. Indeed. I got regulars and dealers here that could both vouch for here, being here that eve. Fortunately, it was a fine day and a right entertaining one until I got home. <sighs> I... All right. Well, I think we've gathered what we need to gather, and we've told you what we need to tell you. We can go report to the... Guild of Coin. You oh, look right gracious. knackered. Right, you don't use the same forge days up on the surface, do you? No, we've been out for, for about, about 18 hours at this point. Uh, you don't have to tug on my sleeve. Can we play a game, though? Of course, of course. Gambling while tired is always an excellent idea. The very worst is free money. We lose it. It was not us. already at the tables. And there's plenty more tokens for you at the exchange counter if you're having a good time. I'll send around the drinks down to you. We'll find you, don't worry. You're very visible. <laughs> it's bright enough in this place. I don't think it'll be falling asleep but anytime soon. Truly, I thank you for bringing this to me. And not going straight back to the Gilded Coin, whatever it was you found. It seems like you rooted through this well enough to, to figure your heads on straight before you came up here, which is wise. But I suppose it's unsurprising they tried to pin it on me. thought it might be the most believable suspect. Most believable suspect, perhaps, but certainly the most work required to get everything you needed. Yes. Well, watch your back, okay? I run a casino. Oh, good point. 
should though you find something uh, that might uh, require attention, do let us know. We'll burn it down. <laughs> I, I don't doubt for a moment. Well, may the dice roll in your favor. Enjoy the rest of your day. How much longer that that might actually be? Raz, blow on it. Is there actual gambling mechanics? Or uh, there are not mechanics, but as this is a dice game, which is almost purely one of chance, especially for those unfamiliar. Can we do the just roll a d20? You could absolutely. Uh, how much do you want to put in? She gave you 15 gold and tokens each. All three of them. All right, you want to bet 15 gold on this? Roll me 2d6. I'm, I'm not going to bet that much. I'm down. Let's, th- let's throw let's it out this. there. Look, it's, Marshall said he was already. Marshall said he immediately went and sat down. Yeah, exactly. So Marshall, give me 2d6. Uh... I need to... Oh, yeah, Marshall, go go ahead. I'm going to borrow one of yours. Hey, use the Malachite. It's the good one. You always, you say, always that. say that. You always say that. He's it... right. One in six times. <laughs> yeah. Five. Three. Five. What matters is that you tried. Yep. The dice do not go great for Marshall this day. And at least it wasn't your money you were betting, but yeah, the free true. money. Well, easy come, easy go. Trishik? Eight, six, and a two. Uh, eight, you are cruising well enough that uh, after a couple of rounds of this, you haven't really had any major movements. You are you're largely still chilling at 15 gold. You could continue if you wanted to, but you're kind of hanging out at cruising altitude here. A five and a one for six. Six is right still in the cruising middle. altitude here. <laughs> six just going to be here for the rest of the night. He's not going to sleep. Four and a one for a five. That you would lose probably half your cash. You'd be on seven gold. All right. I'll put a half of one on the pile there. You there maybe have enough time for one more before you. You really. Well, and this is like uh, an hour of Trishik's gambling before the rest of your money is gone. <laughs> um, it's not my money. Like, so I'm having looks fun at, with it. Looks at the dealer. Can I, can I add something? I want to make this a little more fun. If 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 I win, you do a handstand and drink hey, he that. Immediately points down. To uh, a scheme they have of the payouts and everything on a table. As is, I'm not you can take it to the player hall if you want some strange business. And he turns <laughs> to the other, because he got either like 12 players going at once on this. So, like. Oh. Eight. Cruising. It's like 15 it's minutes of gamba. Rat doesn't know how to gamble. Yeah, Rat doesn't know how to gamble. <laughs> You guys suck at this. I'll tell you what, Raz. It's almost like you don't even know what the goal is. <laughs> I'll give you one of my chips, and if you lose it, then you have to do a handstand for the rest of the night. How yeah. about that? Handstand, and if I win, you do a handstand and drink this. And he holds up a pitcher of ale. What's your dex? Fair enough. Just out of raw curiosity. It's ten. <laughs> <laughs> you train the necromatic? Roshin gets a, just not a raw Roshin gets a pitcher of ale out of it. <laughs> That's fair. And right, a wearing plate. All right, Rat. <laughs> give me that die back. All right. On your hands, on your hands. <laughs> Raz is on his hands. These shenanigans are not uncommon within the whims of fortune. Okay. And very much encouraged as they try to keep their drunk people here. Uh, after like five minutes of, uh, of uh, your rolling here, uh, pitchers of L's would have arrived for the entire group if you stayed to roll around. And uh, Rishin, you got 10 gold left in here. Sure, let's do it. I'll... This is definitely what Paisa wants their family-friendly stream. Literal gambling. A seven. 20 gold, you say? Do I say? Oh, wow, okay. Uh, putting the 10 down, Rasheen, like, what am I doing? And then dropping it, and uh, with her two blue tiles on the table, the dealer slides two more back over to you. Seven Utterly confused about the fact that she apparently won. Uh, I'll take one of the chips and buy a round for the table. <laughs> Severin <laughs> takes the other. But my eight didn't win? 
Yeah, he did not know. Oh. I have a feeling Squid is making decisions about what he wants the dice to mean. Probably. <laughs> like, we'll get back to 15 where you started. One on the table. Let it ride. <laughs> it's not our money. Eight. Eight? It's riding. Another round for the table. <laughs> well, you done a 10? Yes. Nine. Nine, that would dwindle to five with maybe enough time for one more before you really should probably get back to sleeping. Just take the last, take the last chip, buys around for the table. Yes. <laughs> I won one. <laughs> Resme. Um, Resme, let's. Was just barely an adult. I'm. I can do it. Six. Yep. Cruising. Fluctuating a bit, you're hanging out. Nine. Nine, maybe down to seven gold. Five. You guys are terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Maybe lost. down to five gold, you got like one more shot in you. Snake eyes. Triple up. That's quad, actually. Oh. <laughs> Back to 20. Her last shot. The only, uh, goes home positive. Back up to 20 off of the 15 <laughs> the fortunate cave scream gave you. I am going to cash it in and we are going home. <laughs> As you are going to take your winnings, take your 20 gold and go home. We did our legally required gambling. You guys did your best. It wasn't great, minus Resme, who actually did fantastic on the last moment. But as you head back to the Gold Sky Inn to rest for the evening. Probably a good time to take our break, I suppose. Oh, yeah. 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 It would have been a relatively late night for the group of you, which continues to feel a little bit awkward uh, based on the fact that, you know, your schedule doesn't line up at all. This is like the height of the day in Cobbler. This is the midst of the Forge Day. This is when the business is happening. But, man, Arcadian Rhythms are a bitch. Yeah. It's okay, guys. Do you know what I mean, I'm going to do with up. this 20 gold? I'm buying us all the best dinner and drink Cobbler has to offer and massages at a parlor that I've just found that apparently gives the best massages in town. Best what in town? Massages, like for your back. For my, for my back? Yeah, you know, to work your muscles out. I do that every day just by wearing my plate as I walk around. Uh, you should have heard it earlier. She had the, uh, what was the man's name? Oh, I've been, I've just been kind of calling him shiny in my head. The Adarned you talking fish, about? The fashion man. The Adarned, yes. She had him hook their arms together and lean forward, and it sounded like another bone devil had come. <laughs> no, that's my dear, if you're looking for a date for the night. Oh, I've been leaning down looking for strange runic in, in the wall all day. It looked like this. Like a grandma. Now we'll I'm be back. We'll be back. In a couple of minutes, everyone. Thank you for hanging out. Don't go too far. Uh, feel, but feel free to use the bathroom. We fill your drinks. No, no bathrooms. Not allowed. No, no bathrooms. No, there is no, no peeing. The third thing was thanks again to Paizo and Sirenscape for... Paizo for sponsoring the show and Sirenscape for giving us all the cool uh, ambiance and everything. By the way, I know we haven't gotten a ton of incredible Sirenscape value recently because hanging out in town time is just sort of... it's. It does its background job, its ambiance. It's not super obvious, but it's there. It's getting set in the scene, but oh man, I was putting together sound sets for later the other day. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I made a real good one. I made a real good Sirenscape soundboard. 
Is it a fart? <laughs> this is a cool toy for later. No, but I have a different story about how Sirenscape absolutely debated me with a fart sound before. Because um, <laughs> I was trying to put together some more for the crown stuff. And they have a whole sound set that's a sewer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's going to be the giant uh, and there was a lot Ochug. of There was a sewer crawling Otug thing that showed up. And they have a button in the sewer with all these, like, you know, like, you know think, if you're thinking sound ambiance for a sewer, you got, like, slowly bubbling slop Weird. and there's some running water and strange Slappy noises in the distance and, like, rat squeaking. And they have a thing called gas releases, yeah. which I was sure was going to be, like, steam hissing or something. It's actually just fart sounds. <laughs> <laughs> just in the middle of a super serious, everybody's fighting. I got you, And then suddenly. <laughs> well, fortunately, I found this immediately upon putting the set together. Because like I was I was building it for for the crown. I was like, oh yeah, steam hisses. That sounds cool. And I hit it. And just went, <laughs> oh, okay, that's not what I wanted at all. But that, but I'm glad to know that button exists. You might, <laughs> in all fairness, you might as well keep those because you know Marshall. I could just have it playing at all times for Marshall, just ripping absolute ass in the distance, whatever he's doing, whatever it is that he is after. But I feel like no. That's no. why he's so angry. He's just in constant so wait, tummy pain. So what would it sound like when he's no. like a Marshall? No. Would it be like a foghorn? So as <laughs> we left off, the group of you had finally reconvened back at the inn to rest for the evening. And yep. I found my pencil. Yeah, like yeah. Marking a day off the calendar, which is what I wanted it for. And you are resting again through the majority of the Forge Day here. Because the Forge Day is long. It's so long, in fact, that while you're going to sleep at approximately the middle of the Forge Day, when you awaken, the Forge Day will still be going for another hour or two. Hmm. Now, so even after you have had your full eight hours of rest, your body telling you that although you cannot see it, the sun has left. <laughs> By the time it returns, the dwarves are still working. Uh. Mm. Is this what a hangover feels like? Did you drink a bunch at the casino? No, just... This is like the Pathfinder version of jet lag. But you're sleeping on your regular schedule. Jet lag's when you adjust to somebody else's schedule. We are adjusting to somebody else's schedule. I'm not adjusting to anybody else's schedule. You refuse to adjust the Forge Nights. You're working on your own schedule. As as you guys are waking up, Marshall's just kind of sitting there with his beer like, Zup. Perhaps we should... Beer in a teacup. Oh, I'm sorry. The way the way you're holding it, this made it look like you're just pinky out. Pinky's out. <laughs> He's got an entire keg of pinky out. <laughs> so I guess we should go find this missing guy. Well, we haven't gotten the information yet on that. Uh, Marshall's relative hasn't made good with it yet. Did you get a name for this person? Or are they just going to be like mysterious? Mar- oh, missing her name is Scarlet. 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 Like the Scarlet Triad. There is a. That's her name. I'm not actually Scarlet. I'm not kidding. Believe it or not. I suppose. In her defense, it is Scarlet with two T's. Was that better? (laughs) I suppose it was fated then. Nothing for it. It's not her fault. Complete coincidence. (laughs) What happens sometimes? Sometimes you're just born into what you're supposed to do. I was destined for this. (laughs) So. My beard was supposed to catch fire when I transformed. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, well, you turned to a fire giant. You're named Emberbeard, so uh, you you, know, you have glass houses, Marshall. Glass houses. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, I guess if they have the dwarf, we have another hour before this 
Dwarven city goes to sleep again, I suppose we could, uh, I suppose we could call into the Guild of Coin, report our findings. We yeah. cleared it with a fortunate, but nothing's stopping us now. We don't exactly have much findings aside from it happened. Well, fortunate was framed for it, that was interesting enough. Yes, but until we can discover more, it might not be even worth a reporting. So far, we know exactly what they told us. I agree with Trishik. I don't think it's very significant yet. All right, well, fair enough. We have another. We have an hour left to uh, to move forward here. Um, let's take a look at the notes and see what else we have. Uh, we don't have any leads yet on Talos. Although there is the road out of town, we could always just go and check it out. But um, let's see here. We could, we go, could check we, out the. We uh, could dredge forge. the lake. We could see about that one. So are you saying the uh, the forging reports of all the bad. Uh, oh yes, the poor quality metals. Those are, I that. believe, the two left that have been completely uninvestigated. Are the strange. I wrote notes too. <gasps> He's got on his little like. You can tell how rarely this man writes notes because he literally wrote it on the back. Of his freaking Chessex label here. from the dice container. <laughs> and it's not full yet either, so. No, you have a notebook! Have a more room. The notebook's covered in dice. <laughs> He's got a point. That's his dice holding notebook. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dice, in an unrelated note, uh, which is just going to be super neat the next time I get to hit you with things. Oh, you know what Paizo actually sent me the other day? Well, the they is the actual Age of Ashes dice. Oh, wow. So oh, I really? have an entirely new I was wondering where this came from. Subset. I did just leave that over there because I have <laughs> no use for percentile die. Yeah, you had a bunch of percentile dice. I just threw it over there. They actually sent me the official Age of Ashes dice. Ah. So now I get to kill you with an entirely different set of dice. Next you want to throw it in the some, dice tray so we can take a look at it? Some flair. I don't know if it will show up super good on camera. Yeah, we can at least see them. Let me give you that and let me give you the D6. Yeah, let's try So it. we can pop them in there. Is that legible? The okay. D6 is definitely legible. The camera's a little bit out of focus. Yeah, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of wonky today. Put them a little like higher up. Put it on. Put the D6 on the 6. Put it on the 6. You don't have to, you don't have to actually roll until you get a 6. You can't just put it there. Oh. Hey, look at that. Yeah. It's actual fire. Oh, and this other fire thing, that's the 20 on that. Look at that. It's got little murder <coughs> fire for the incineration that the Age of Ashes is going to do. Yeah. A little flare. Wow. So if you yeah. want some neat dice to add a little bit of flavor to your adventures. Adds a little, a little flare. flare. A little flare. Come on, I just said it twice. <laughs> that I was mean. magmanimous. The worst part is when somebody actually makes a good one, it gets ruined by this, whatever Jen says that next. That does not spark joy. <laughs> <laughs> it does not inspire joy whatsoever. But anyway, uh, what are the group of you after your morning preparations? <sighs> uh, well, I'm a, <laughs> if you didn't finish that, I was going to say I'm a lizard folk. <laughs> nice. I suppose we could go to the lake. I am kind of worried about what happened to those people. Uh, perhaps we, we should check the... The anvil, though, perhaps. She did stick her neck out. It'd probably be good to go and take a look at her. At we least would need look to at get the goods. Hmm? If we're going out on lake, we do need to get the boat. That is true. And if they, at the end of the forge day, they might not, men might have difficulties getting it for us. They might be packing them up right now. We can check it out later, I suppose. Or, you know, just help ourselves if need be. I mean, if we need to, it would not be difficult. Everybody will be asleep. Then we'll all be on the same boat. All the dwarves go to sleep at the same time. It's very convenient for people wanting to enlist activities. 
It's actually great for crime. <laughs> oh, there's well, a set dwarven, schedule. Not, not dwarven criminals. 90% of Oh, yeah, the dwarven criminals are sleeping. They can't do crime. They can't yeah. do crime, yeah. So. Uh, as long as you stay away from the southern area where all the, like, this is for normal people, scheduled people are, and there will actually be people awake, you can commit heinous crimes throughout the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> no one's awake to stop you. There are literal guard patrols. <laughs> no We've one's been awake over to stop this. you. <laughs> They're asleep. They're asleep. They're sleepwalking guards. It's, it's nighttime. Why would they be awake? <laughs> what are they, birds? <laughs> They're like birds. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, All the oh dang it. All the on the road. <laughs> That's they, the secret to being a successful around. thief in Kovlar. You walk around with blankets and you just throw them over people. You just throw a pillow on the road in the garden season. It's like, oh. <laughs> 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 so uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like the walk the bucket on people's heads. <laughs> oh, exactly. can't see me stealing. I'm, you're falling asleep right now. Pump. All right. That was so, just around, around the corner, sing a lullaby, and they'll go to sleep. <laughs> Sounds like we're heading to the Anvilers Guild. Yeah. Yes. Uh, are we all proceeding there together? Yep. Yeah. Might as well. Up this way. So the group of you make biceps, your way over to the Ambler yes. Guild, where in relatively short order, you are once again able to meet with Nisa and Thunderflare, the Forge Master of the Ambler's Guild, and the de facto has the Regents Council, who has just the narrowest art. It's so hard to get it up on my NBC window thing. Uh, it doesn't take long. You obviously are, again, incredibly identifiable, and the higher members of the Ambler's Guild are quick to fetch the Forge Master for you. And uh, as she emerges from the back where she has been hard at work, uh, actually visibly covered in a bunch of smears of various soot and coal, uh, almost head to toe at this point in the Forge Day, um, reaching up with a rag that really does not look like it's going to do a whole lot to help the situation and has already seen far too much use for this purpose. Uh, wipes off her face at least a little bit, smearing it around somewhat. It's more uniform. <laughs> <laughs> There's somewhere under there there is a forge master. And uh, she welcomes the group you uh, and takes about a little, a little further away from the magma channel where it's not 105 degrees. Uh... But rather than taking all the way back up to the offices, just quickly outside the Envelers Guild, uh, outside of the front steps of the road. Oh, it's a fair late out of the evening. It's early. We just woke up. We're still right. on surface time. Uh, understandable. Well, how go your investigations? Uh, proceeding with some progress, I'm, I'm pleased to say. Oh, that's good. That's, fun. that's good to hear. It's fantastic. Have you... Uh, progress is progress. Uh, I can only hope that you are angling to help out with this rash of strange merchandise. Indeed. So. Early hour is late, but for forges are still lit for now. Uh, besides, I think there's something rather quick you can look at that will at least confirm my fears. Now we can go from there, I suppose. Always helps to get an outside eye on things sometimes. Come with me to the house of Oaths. It's not far. Of course. And she would take you from the Ambler's Guild. It really is not a terribly long distance. Uh, out from the Earthfire District. Uh, around straight down the main road to uh, an L-shaped building. Kind of mirrored across from the main clock tower. Out on the eastern end of town. Uh, before it starts to descend down to Blue Crab Lake and these <clears throat> lower docks and bathhouses and other sorts of buildings. 
the inside of the House of Oats is very much quiet, and the walls seem to dampen noise fairly well, and there's near nothing coming from inside. As It's a lot of clerical work, a lot of uh, secretaries either managing <coughs> very simple organization or mundane tasks, recording things into different ledgers. Uh, the wing that you go into seems to have to be library as well. Uh, but she leads you past a lot of this and uh, past the entry with a massive statue of a dwarven deity that's anybody expert in religion would probably just recognize. It's common enough. Coles. Uh, Coles the Oath Keeper is... Dwarven deities don't really have direct analogous comparisons to the human deities. He's the god of duty. Hmm. Uh, the god of oaths. It's kind of similar to Abadar being like the god of law and civilization, but only vaguely. There's really not, a, again, not a fantastic analogous thing. The Dwarven pantheon is very different. Hmm. Uh, as they're, The god of keep your promises. Exactly. Uh, their character and their culture, the things <coughs> that they think are important, the things that they think are really pillars of, uh, of what makes a person good and righteous really is quite different from what humans believe on the surface. Makes sense. Evolved in two very different societies. But this seems to be their local law offices. And she takes you through to a back office that she opens with the actual regent's pendant that she has hanging around her neck, uh, enabling her to get into a fairly small study, probably only a, a hair larger than this room, really. It uh, looks like it's mostly for a bunch of official notation and storage of records and things of that sort. But the desk that she has in here, simple and relatively small, probably uniform with the rest of the offices, is currently cluttered with an assortment of various weapons. Maces, warhammers, long swords. Uh, most, uh, there's nothing so massive as a halberd or other pole arms in here or no enormous two-handed weapons. Uh, but a lot of simple things that she could keep on her desk. As she enters, she gestures to just spread. What's this? This is a good share of the merchandise that's come back returned within the last 15 or so, four days. Hmm. Seven pieces here. It's an incredible turnover and absolutely unacceptable for the Anvilers Guild. Hmm. I've already taken a decent look through these, but again, I can't entirely escape my own bias. Are you familiar with forging? Indeed. I, I am familiar with uh, crafting, but forging not uh, I know, particularly. I know the theory. Crafting check would be... You could just roll perception, but it's going to be relatively difficult if you're not really well-versed in what you're looking for. But a crafting check is going to be the main thing you're going to be rolling to... Uh, of look some of these over. I'll uh, put on my crafting eyepiece. Okay. So who wants to roll and who wants to aid who or how are we doing this? I'm probably going to be honestly using perception because that's actually higher for me, but considering my background of making weaponry, I would at least know what to look for. <laughs> you know you have an idea what you're looking for, yeah. Because I've made my own axe, so that's only fair. <laughs> do you want to roll an all assist or do you want me to roll an you'll assist? It's up to you. I, I can do the main roll. Okay. Alright, so uh, we'll start with Marshall perception real quick. Not bad. Uh, that is going to be a 33. Uh, with a 33, looking through, giving it a fairly decent inspection, uh, the weapons 
seem to be a fine, well enough make. Uh, these aren't pristine pieces. These aren't... They're okay. Yeah, these aren't, like, something you'd keep for showmanship. These are probably pieces that were forged by a relatively uh, highly skilled smith for just day-to-day -day sale and operations. Uh, looking through the seven, you can see at least four different brands, four different makers mark uh, marks into the pommels of the various weapons, uh, signifying that they were certainly smithed by different folk, different dwarves that were the masters of these. But there's nothing overtly really wrong about them. Uh, <clears throat> so, Trishiar, resume if you're aiding. Give me yours first. Uh, it's going to be a uh, 29, so be, and I'm an expert. Uh, it doesn't matter unless you crit. So it'll be a plus one. So, Trishiar, you will get a plus one to your crafting check. All right. Unfortunately, that is a five on the dice. So that gives so me bad at rolling dice. 25. Uh, with a 25, oh, as you look over these, uh, you can tell kind of much the same. That they're not, I mean, they're they're well made. The, the smithing is, when I, when I say they're not great, I don't mean that they're a poor quality. I mean that they're not really elaborate. They're purpose-built weapons. They are built to do what they do. They're simplistic. Uh, there's no superfluous bells or whistles. No fancy design here. The sword is a blade, a crossbar, a cross guard, and a pommel. And nothing much more than that. Uh, no real decoration. Simplistic, but functional, and again, pretty well made. Can you show me some weapons that were properly made, ones that are not more recent, that have the same maker's marks on them, so we can compare the marks. Uh, well, I could certainly find something. Uh, I don't have anything else here, and given the space, I don't really store much but records in this room. Trishik, a thought occurs to me. Not really much of a crafter, mind you, but um, I've seen um, certainly the alchemical reagents that uh, you and Resme put together. Um, and perhaps they might be able to detect uh, some sort of flaw in it. If, if you could perhaps, uh, I know you keep your labs on you, uh, perhaps it'd be good to go I look at it from that perspective. I can definitely test for a possible impurity, it's... but uh, I can't give you exact compositions, just if there is uh, traces. And it I'm... might even be an impurity in the metal or something applied afterwards. I'm less concerned about the actual make of the weapons than I am about the fact that the marks themselves were forged so that they were put on weapons that are not actually made here. Just a quick curiosity. Would Marshall be able to distinct exactly what was wrong with some of the weapons? Like, was there like a blade that was doled out or something? No, there's right nothing that's, that's like super obvious. Surface obvious, really visible. They look fine enough, mm. though plain. Okay, so I guess, Good. can I take a few samples and spend a while testing? See if there's anything that shouldn't be there. I don't see why not. You may be able to find uh, anything you'd be finding with alchemy, I imagine, would be something of a flaw of the metal in the core materials itself rather than the craftsmanship, which I suppose could also be to blame for such woes, but. It wouldn't be difficult for somebody to slip a additive into 
be different uh, components. Or perhaps to add something later, after it had been finished and sent to storage. Um, my, my, I strongly suspect that the uh, craftsmanship qualities of the Anvilers Guild uh, would not nearly be permit such high levels of poor craftsmanship to slip through. No, not at all. Why does a suspect? And I have actually had my hands on a powder once before that did exactly that. You guys remember the, yeah. mm-hmm. the oh, door yeah. in the warehouse with the... Um, which we never actually used. The next time the person yeah. wants to open the door, it would just come off in her hands. So bad. But it exclusively over a long period of time weakens the health of an item or a metal object that you put it on. Right. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. You could you could uh, attempt to assess it alchemically. That would still be that, a That would probably take a while. Yeah, that would take you a can, bit. You would be spending much of the rest of the hour before I, day. Can I, using Bardic Lore, look over it too? Just out of reading. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can hey, give I've it a shot while he's getting while he's getting his stuff together. Yeah, I've read I've read basic theories about forging and dwarven smiths somewhere. I'm a bard. <laughs> Make metal hot. Hit with hammer. You know what? He has oh, heard I, things. I am a bard. I know it's thing. about time to get a bardic lore roll. I I know thing. Say it with feeling, and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a total of a thirty-four. So with a 34, as you start picking these up, Raz almost just kind of idly looking at him, almost more curiosity, anything. Raz is actually the one. His <laughs> <laughs> little rat nose starts twitching. That could start to see some of the very subtle flaws in the construction here. Uh, clearly, these weapons were made by a decent enough smith. And uh, honestly, at a, at a certain level... Especially, you know, growing up in a dwarven city and being a dwarf. Taking an ingot and forging a blade that is largely the correct shape and holds an edge is not, it's not massively difficult. But that's not what makes a weapon good. That's not what makes a blade valuable. There's a lot more to that. There is how well that edge retains, uh, resists dulling and chipping, uh, especially in weapons, through very rigorous use. Uh... There are the ways that the, uh, what's it called? The tang. Uh, the tang manages to hold correctly in the handle, and so that the blade will actually stay as a corrected part of the weapon. There's the balance. There's a lot more to it, and these weapons are simple enough that it's not immediately apparent. They easily surpass the bar of make a thing that's shaped like a sword that is sharp. But you can see very subtle indications that beyond that, they wouldn't last. Uh, these weapons may look like they're okay now, but these edges aren't hardened to a point as they should be. Uh, the metal isn't like it hasn't been quenched properly. Uh, after a couple of swings in an actual battle, these would start to chip and wear almost immediately. Uh, in some of them, even the tang's not even properly set far enough down in the handle, only going maybe halfway through and given a particularly vicious blow, the entire blade may very much come loose. Uh, oh, that'd be it real looks superficially fine because they made a weapon-shaped weapon, but it looks almost as if somebody knows or, or some people know enough to pass casual inspection, but but certainly not the standard of the Ampler's Guild. 
Those are really good forgeries. They're not even so much forgeries. Wait. They're just they're bad weapons. Defective weapons on purpose. They're just kind of defective. Yeah, they're just they're just not good enough quality. Like they won't hold up. But like they're weapons, you could definitely take a sword and go stab someone, and they'll probably die. Well, it was, it was like, take your dwarf kid to work day. Yeah, that's that's just, exactly just, what it looks like it would be. Like it's I just mean, someone who just isn't good enough to make a real long-lasting weapon. That makes me even more curious to see marker marks that match these, so we can see whether or not somebody just put the maker's mark on these. Well, it could also be that someone doing it on purpose is good enough to pass inspection, but uh, obviously these would not hold up. But with all the eyes around this place, there's no way you could sit there and forge a weapon in front of everyone and do it consistently and not get caught unless they're doing it in another place and well, then sneaking them in. Not to mention the, the quantity here. The quantity here is enough to perhaps cause issue with some of the merchants and perhaps certainly with the head of the Anvilers Guild, but it's not enough to actually like harm an armory's worth of weapons. These are a handful in an entire shipment. Exactly. Uh, this is something, I, it's it's almost as if, yes, occasionally uh, an apprentice level crafter came in, knocked out a few swords, tossed them in the dun pile, and then left for the day. It's, it's very curious. Well, uh, in many cases, forged in a single weapon isn't the project of a single forged day. It's a proje uh, project of many. Uh, what could be weeks on the surface by a standard calendar. Uh, our weapons, even the most simplistic, are produced through pretty rigorous methods. And we don't abide by well, any kind of flaws such as these or anything that's going to wear so easily over time. With the reputation of our guild staked on that. We don't batch make weapons. Each of our master craftsmen is working a single blade or mall or whatever the current project is at a time. Hmm. You want their full attention until the project is done and completed. Well, let me ask you this, though. Even though you have one master crafter who's overseeing the weapon, might he have several journeymen doing some of the more mundane work that might overlap on some of these weapons? Of course. And there are plenty of uh, weapons as simple as these, perhaps, could quite well better be banged out in a single forage day. Uh, was much the original purpose of the forage day itself, to allow time for the craft and uh, fire another forages to craft, smith, and finish and sharpen a weapon in one go. It was the relatively simple amount of time that it would take a trained hand to craft a single sword. And the journeymen, lots of the times in their learning, of course they're working their own projects, they're working their own crafts, but they're not working merchandise that's sold by the Anvilers Guild. They may either have their own collections, most of them are keeping them as shows of their work for their own masters. Some of the master deems worthy himself, the guild may sell. But it's not as if, well, as you said, any apprentice could come by, bang out a sword, and drop it in the dun pile. What you're saying, though, these defects occur during the crafting process. Where, where, where... I got a, I got a question. When, when you're, when you're, when you're, um, when you're getting ready to sell swords, where do you store them, or do they go out immediately? Do you put them in one area and then sell them as a batch, or? Typically, we are backlogged on orders. Orders. We have abilities to sell some simple weapons we try to keep in stock. Between supply and the Guild of Arms, and all those throughout Kovler and any traveling by who wish for our wares, 
usually our orders are pre-sold before they're even crafted. So there is no storage. It just goes right out the door to Very the customer. Very little. Let me... I really want to see the marks. It's possible that there is an apprentice who is purposely switching things out in the show of uh, pride, perhaps. But I like to think that I run a tight smith. And so far, if there is one man or woman responsible, they've evaded my detection. And it's becoming a problem. Is there a sign-off or some sort of record of, aside from the master who works on a weapon? Even assortment of records. But a lot of the times, most of those who are purchasing weapons don't exactly keep a proper pedigree. And we don't exactly, we don't see real individual weapons unless uh, they're of a particularly exquisite make, in which case they're much easier to track properly. Understood. All of these were simple enough that I imagine the smiths probably don't even rem- remember making them individually. Makes so sense. Single day's work for most of this. All right. Theaters? Don't know. I, I truly don't exactly know what's going on. Obviously, these are all purchases that were funded with various merchants that have come through with fierce apology, but Let's starting to worry for our reputation. Let's go see the other weapons. Yes, and perhaps we can follow. Perhaps it might be worthwhile to stay a bit inside the actual, actual crafting hall itself. Uh, watch the chain of the weapons and how they're moved. After all, um, the weapons have to be stored somewhere overnight. Of course. You're more than welcome to watch inside the Ambler's Guild if you wish, but as I said, if there's any kind of subterfuge happening, I doubt it's happening there. It wouldn't have to just evade my gaze. It'd have to somehow evade the, the eyes of all the other masters in the guild who are suffering for this shoddy work. And better chomping at the bit as hard as anyone to take, get this taken care of. Mm. It'd be near impossible for something to fly, like, uh, fly undetected for so long. I suppose it's worth just giving it a quick look, though. Uh... Uh, and uh, she'll cl- throw a quick detect magic on them just to make sure that we don't miss anything, to make sure that there wasn't some sort of curse or anything put on them. Uh, and with your uh, with your magic detection, as you kind of throw that over these just to see if there's anything that really catches your eye. Uh, the curse monster jumps out and eats you. <laughs> a sword gets up and starts punching you in the face. <sighs> Dimension door. <laughs> Mine hurts. Um, all of these swords... All these swords and maces and warhammers, uh, none of them would have any kind of runes. They all would be not magical. Uh, and they would have no magical signatures across them whatsoever. Um, all right. There's nothing of any magical nature on them. Um, yeah, they're it's, just... We have to check out different things and we don't have much time left to do it. Uh, perhaps we could split up. Um, we could... S- see the staging area. Uh, perhaps we could look at... Well, these are clearly crafting issues from what Raz pointed out. It has to be occurring during the crafting process or afterwards when it's swapped, if something is swapped in from somewhere else. Well, I, I could go on the floor with some of the other apprentices and whatnot while they're working and maybe observe. It could be something useful. The only idea I'd come up with was perhaps some of you posing as merchants in the town trying to buy Get aware from the Ambler's Guild and see if anything crawls out, but I could do. I don't that. know how much merit you really have there, honestly. Well, honestly, we're it's, we wouldn't have to pose very much. We're travelers from afar. We're adventurers. We use we use arms and armor on a daily basis to safeguard our lives. 
Percent dwarven-made stuff is actually quite reasonable. A fair share of the weapons and armor produced by the Anvilers Guild is magical as well. Uh, we are working with runes and enhancements as much as we are to steel itself. So it would not be beyond the pale to believe that a group of you, even so well-armed on the surface, so well-prepared already, would be looking for something better. So and not to mention, we do have an entire castle that we need garrisoned. Yeah. If anything, here's my idea. Me and Roshin will be on the floor since we are, well, clearly the more visibly armed individuals. And the rest of you, you know, maybe check out them records or something. I don't know. I'm... I'd like to go look at the marks. Resume can look at the marks. That would be fine. Uh, we can perhaps uh, be expressing our interest in purchasing up-and-coming goods. Looking through the Anvilus Guild, simply watch them being made, but... What contacts would we normally put through to see if we're interested in purchasing things? We wouldn't approach the masters individually, I'd imagine. I can set you up with something. Perfect. I can organize that if you wish. Spectacular. Unfortunately, as I said, you came pretty late in the Forge Day, and there's not a whole lot of day left before the... Well, the city really goes to sleep, as it would be. I can't imagine there's a whole lot of investigation to be done then, unfortunately. Well, if there's anything illicit to be happening, perhaps it'll happen overnight. Well, you're welcome to watch over the guild. I put my faith in you, and at that point, if you wish to remain within the guild hall overnight, you're more than welcome. That's not a bad idea. Keep I just got up. Perhaps stick around and keep watch. Fair enough. Let's head back over now, then. I'll get you inside. Let some of the masters and night guards know that you're allowed within, and, well, maybe their stakeout comes with something. Truth be told, half of me hopes it does, so we can put this all behind us. But half of me hopes it doesn't, because I can't imagine something like this is happening under, under my own nose. Anyway, I appreciate you looking into this. Arse. And uh, <clears throat> she heads back out of the office and in short order would lead the group of you back to the Antlers Guild. And before very long, uh, with the Forge Day in fact ending, at the toll of the Great Clock Tower, audible pretty much all throughout Kovler, the Forge Night would begin as the guards begin their rounds to snuff the various lamps and braziers hanging all throughout the city. And the light level everywhere, pretty much but here, drops pretty significantly. Uh, enough of the forges still have burning coals within them that aren't snuffed entirely. The forges are so truly massive in a lot of places within the Anvilers Guild that they still actually smolder and burn through the night. Uh, almost a system of automated bellows keeping them going as it's easier than attempting to relight something so gargantuan each and every morning. They do, however, shut off most of the magma-powered furnaces, as a couple of massive levers and machines in the back area move incredibly heavy sluice gates into way, in the way, uh, redirecting and eventually shutting off the magma channel that runs through the center of the Ambler's Guild itself. So half the forges go dark, half of them still almost burning as bright as during the day, leaving you in what's probably the brightest place outside the Traveler's Quarter. <laughs> Uh, anywhere you'll find in Cobbler. I have concerns. If you shut off the flow of magma, the magma cools down and solidifies. They shut off the flow of magma that comes into the Anvilers Guild. It doesn't mean they're shutting it off, period. Yeah. It can still circulate yeah, in somewhere else. It's not like magma is flowing down a tube and they just No, they stop divert it some of it. No, they're diverting some of it, but then the stuff that's diverted and sitting in there would cool. That drains. Yeah, it drains. Well, you it doesn't just like sit there it, the entire day. Yeah, it's but not all of it's going to drain. You have to clean that out often. Well, yeah, yeah. fairly but regularly you have to clean. That'd be yeah. extremely the annoying. The that's what scuds like are for, man. I, I, that's definitely the, a thing they have to do. Yeah, that's probably the first thing they do in the morning. Yeah, it's 
morning cleanup. <laughs> Welcome. The Anvilers version of the grease trap. <laughs> Welcome, new novice, to the Anvilers Guild. Here's your hoe. <laughs> Here's a hoe. Here's a pickaxe. Clean the magma channel. Scut work. We gotta get this fired up before the day gets going. So over the night. You have an hour. <laughs> we open the gates with you still down. <laughs> <laughs> over the night, what are your plans? So, really? seeking. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I'm going to try to find weapons uh, by the masters to match the marks so that I can compare the weapons. Okay. And uh, looking through, you could definitely find enough stuff that is stored within the area, even whether it's overnight or like multi-day projects that are in here. Uh, that you'll be able to find the, the stations of the various masters. It seems the actual masters of the Anvilers Guild each have their own forge. So there is sort of a fixed number of actual master smiths the Ambler's Guild mm -hmm. has at any one time limited by the amount of space they have. It's pretty it's pretty hefty. It's a, it's like two dozen. But while those stations are filled, apprentices can rise and can uh, pass the various exams to join the guild and be able to manufacture them properly, but they can't become actual masters. They will still have a master until eventually the torch is passed somewhere. Looking through the marks... It's no real trouble to find ones that match the marks that are on the weapons that you were shown earlier. But obviously, you have no face or anything to put to the uh, to put to the symbols. That'd be easily enough done in the morning. They seem. I don't know what exactly what are you looking for. Like, what are so, you <laughs> I am looking to see if somebody could have, in the final process of making another weapon, made a copy of the master's mark using a mold and then marked another weapon with the master's mark and exchanged it. Basically, a, a I mean, cocky apprentice is like, my work's as good as his work. By necessity, the marks themselves are, of course, like solid steel, uh, anodized and hardened to last through putting their bite in dozens, if not hundreds of weapons. So like, yeah, it would, uh, it would not be difficult to physically make a copy of one. They are deeply scored, or deeply ridged. They're incredibly, I, like you could, it would be the easiest thing in the actual world to copy. Mm -hmm. But also since these are slammed into red hot weapons, uh, when they're functioned, there would be no way to find any evidence of that as it would be just cleared the next time it was used. I mean, yeah, it's definitely very totally possible you could copy one of these. Um, in that case, we see that they, do they have the, the mark the sorry, what are they called? The are they just called marks? Ingots. Maker's marks. Maker's uh, marks. Stamps. Yeah, it's seals. basically a small little metal rod that just has an insignia at one end. They just pound into the haft of the hammer as one of the ending steps of their creation. Uh, probably just the last thing it's done before it's cooled entirely. And um. then they shear and the the marks are clearly much deeper than the actual impression left on the weapon because they have to do it when it's still hot and then mm -hmm. they shear and grind around that to finish it off. Let's look around and just without bias just see if we find anything that just doesn't seem right. Anything that somebody's trying to hide. Yeah, anything that somebody doesn't want right found. There, right there could be fakes. So you want to spend your evening watching for anyone doing anything sneaky. You want to spend your evening looking for fakes that might already be here. Uh, what are you doing? Sheen is just so out of her element here. She's desperately trying to think of something productive. She's got a giant forge. You're like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to touch anything. What do I do? <laughs> um, Mom? 
I mean, you could just come with me while I inspect the place, being, you know, a weapon forger myself. So you also want to, you want to inspect, you want to do that same kind of thing, look through, make kinda. sure there's nothing obvious. Okay. Kinda, I mean, she has her own version. I'd, yeah, I mean, you both can be inspecting yeah. different stuff for sure. Okay. And, um... You could definitely aid somebody if you want to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try and aid if, if it's something that doesn't require a lot of crafting expertise. You can help. This is Cobbler, my friend. You've come to the wrong town. Crafting well. is the new will save. <laughs> no! Pretty much. What about you, Raz? Uh, Raz is completely out of his element, so he's going to look for weapons that look like the weapons that he just inspected. He can find plenty of those. Yep, so that's what he finds. You mean <laughs> more of the defects? The more of the defects. I will probably be spending the entire time sitting on the roof just watching the entire courtyard. Actually, yeah. Raz is going to say inside away, like in other areas of the forge that aren't frequented by them, and just keep a lookout okay. on the inside. So you're going to be kind of scouting too. Yeah. Okay, so our two scouts, Sheik and Raz, uh, you're going to be either stealth or perception checks. Obviously, but. <laughs> you, you've, you've made. <laughs> Derp's like trying to push the two buttons right now. He's like, oh god, I can only pick one. They're both good, I mean, but one's clearly better. No. <laughs> lucky Red is very lucky. Yeah, so it's 35 for me. 36 for me. So as you kind of keep yourself concealed on the roof and you look out, both of you actually would largely see the same thing. Uh, while you are alone in the Anvilers Guild during the evening, uh, all means of ingress at this point have been locked up. The front gate is actually, like, chained around as it is more bars than it is a solid door. Uh, they look like they're not aiming to enclose the forging area any more than they have to so that the heat and smoke can escape. Um, the paired guard patrols that go around do occasionally, throughout the night, maybe four or five times, go around the Anvilers Guild itself and actually check each of the doors to make sure that they're still locked and still in place. Uh, going so far is actually giving a bit of a rattle to the front iron gate, which would be, that, was, that would be obvious to everybody, uh, ensuring that everything is still locked up as it should be. Uh, they wouldn't notice you, and the rest of you as you're looking through the area, then uh, the Guild of Arms having been informed that you'd be staying overnight, they might give you a brief wave or a nod before they continue back around the patrols. Otherwise, neither of you see anything out of the ordinary happening in the Ambler's Guild overnight. Good. Uh, now, two of you who are looking at the merchandise, uh, we'll have machine roll first because you are assisting. Give me a crafting check. You are not assisting. Stay the heck away from me. Uh, she can help me. I, I, I could help you. The other possibility is that I do not help you. <laughs> Just saying. I believe. It'll be fine. Stay away Faith from me. Misplaced. No, it's fine. You have a hero point. This is a perfect use Don't for even it. use it. Don't <laughs> even. I could just like chew it up in my mouth yeah. instead. It'd be the same what, thing. This earlier. is a perfect use Just for, for the record, I why do I see this for Marshall just going up to her? Like she's trying to put like the knife just in Just gnawing on a plate. Like, I, stop. <laughs> stop. Right. So the best way to test the quality of this weapon. Ah, the anvil. Excellent. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> This one seems fine. <laughs> Give me the other one. I can't believe you're it's taking a page out of my book and I'm pulling it. Is this what it's like living with me? Uh, Marshall, you are going to have a minus one to your crafting <laughs> check as Rasheen is kind of just a nuisance. <laughs> he definitely is not helping. 
Well, it's a good thing I rolled fairly decent on that one. Oh, so it's okay. a minus one, right? Minus one, yep. Uh, 27. That's not terrible, but... Uh, 27. And what do you... And uh, Resume, you as well, with your drafting check? Yeah. And, uh, use my crafter's eyepiece, too. You're uh, giving these two a wide berth. Yeah. Once I heard Roisin was helping him, I'm like, mm-mm. <laughs> Going to the opposite side Ew. of the forge. You see That's a Marshall big forge, fortunately. It's like, well, fine. You pick that up and swing it to me, and I'll try to block it. <laughs> and then listen to the sound it makes. <laughs> as much fun as that sounds, the answer is still no. You're picking out a watermelon? It's a 30. Uh, so both of you, as you're going through the, the area, uh, as... The Forge Master Thunderflare had said they have some simple things around just for day-to-day sales. Mm. Uh, but there's not a ton. There are some in-progress works uh, that are resting either in beds of co- uh, beds of coal or just carefully swathed in cloth, uh, awaiting some like finishing, polishing, and sharpening touches, perhaps. Mm. Uh, some early off on that they sort of just look like giant hunks of iron still with a vague shape to them. Uh, particularly some larger weapons like great swords that are definitely multiple day projects just to get the raw shape of the actual blade itself out but nothing looks off nothing seems wrong everything here seems to be to code okay uh, m- much of these are so early on they haven't even had their maker's marks applied to them yet as that's kind of just like reheat and do at the end uh, but nothing seems out of the ordinary um once I'm finished with that, um, at that point, I'm going to do another pass through looking for something that somebody might be trying to hide in a place that's kind of sketchy. Well, that looking through the entirety of the Ambler's Guild, uh, that was your overnight. Oh, so okay. 12 hours later, as the clock bongs once more to bring Kovler back to life. This is why you use them on nonsense, by the way. Can you I try? getting more. One more thing. Sure. Um, these un, uh, unfinished, unmarked uh, weapons that are still There would here. know to be, be a lot of those around uh, because the journeyman and the apprentices frequently do still work within the Anvilers Guild, so there's a lot more in progress. And, like, there definitely are some crap weapons, but they're clearly apprentice work and obviously aren't going to be given to the final sale so Roshin's just going to go up to them and touch Genius. each one and just go, Mark. And a little flare of a briar encrusted rose will appear before fading to invisibility. And she's just going to repeat that for every single weapon that she has in the entire place. I just thought of that. You're a genius. That sigil. is sigil. It is a mark which is going to default to invisible because I want it to be. I can make it show visible if I want. It lasts an entire year. And I can basically trace all of these weapons now in case any of them wind up not being up to snuff. Okay. It's a thing. Fair enough, yeah, that is in fact so a thing. So we just wait a few days and see what happens. So you have on, uh, you have invisible marks on every, every single in one progress weapon within the Ambler's Guild. Correct. Biggest brainness you got right there. And murder lizards need vil- I mean hero points. Shayazo. <laughs> <laughs> Putting Fushig back on the board here. I'll immediately use it, don't worry. <laughs> you will. So after the you. night, as the city starts to come back to life for another day, much of your day at this point having passed, uh, you maybe got another hour or two in you before it started to get a little tired. You had like two hours before, two hours after. This day was pretty much centered on the forge night. 
the Ambler's Guild would be reopened by Forge Master Thunderflare herself as she came in, uh, greeting the group of you with a couple of the masters behind her, as in fact a couple of scrubs would come in, be handed hoes and picks, and start <laughs> de-rusting the channel for the morning before everything was reopened. Some ladders are brought out to let them down into the surprisingly deep magma gel that actually goes probably about three or so feet down. Uh, which is stepladder territory for a dwarf. Mm. Safety. Finish in an hour or... <laughs> the, uh, uh, technically, you have an hour and ten minutes. It takes a little bit for the chamber to fill up. The access to the sluices that run the magma channels seem to have like multiple levels of locks and security on them. Uh, that even the Forge Master herself needs a key to open and close them. Beyond that, you would have to know what you are doing as well. There's several mechanical steps to get it open, so no one's going to trip into the lever, hit it, and kill Jimmy the Unfortunate <laughs> Apprentice. The reason for all the security is because it's happened once. <laughs> Could be such a The reason for all the security is they have a freaking lava river in the middle of their forge. So. That's cost. Uh, I was mean, hoping to have a great James Bond fight in this room where you could kick mooks into the, the lava. Just lava. <laughs> I believe Buford has already kicked a move into a pool of lava. Yeah, he's into fire nothing. so it can work out. Yeah. There's also like fake zombie gold. Yeah. Less than true. lava. That's true. Anyway, mm. as she reopens everything back up and uh, starts getting things together. Well, anything? Nothing suspicious have we found overnight, but we did take some precautions to be able to trace what might have happened here. Before any of these weapons go out to be finished, if you could let me know and run it by us so we can make sure that nothing has changed in the structure before it goes out the door. All right. I'm certainly curious as to what it is you're doing here, but I'll humor it for sure. I got to say I'm relieved, but not terribly, terribly surprised that nothing's really come up in the guild itself overnight. As I said, I'd be, well, at, at least a little bit disappointed if there was something wrong with the guild. And I'd certainly have some words with Commander Bronzebeard. All right, it's time to go shopping, I guess. You'll be pleased to know his guards were very thorough. Well, I appreciate the grouping of staying through the whole forge night to watch out the place. But, uh... I guess I don't have any fantastic direction for you. This isn't really my forte here, right? Take this... Take this hammer, and I hit steel until it's bent to my will and making something real worth presentable and selling. I'm not a detective. Not a problem. Um... And besides, uh, with us as buyers uh, out on the market, looking to outfit, uh, well, a small contingent of castle guards, at the very least, um, perhaps uh, some of these uh, equipment might be finished soon, and we'd be able to actually inspect them in the long well, run. I'd as be more, buyers, as proper more buyers. More than happy to work a deal with you, to be certain, especially if you can get to the bottom of this. Well, <laughs> we've got to get everything up and ready for the day. And uh, truth be told, I'm not showing you out or anything, but it is a wee bit unsafe starting up all the forges. And uh, we'll I don't need to ask you to leave for the morning. Of course, of course. If you have any other questions or ideas or anything else you need for me, uh, please come by. Anything after the first hour of the forge day, you're more than welcome in the guild anytime. And Sounds like we'll be back in a couple of days. Rasheen. A hero point from Shazper for your mark the weapons idea here. See, well, now you're you. in thank a you. dilemma because big if you get one more, brains. you can't get any more. You, you gotta use, use them. Don't don't be Bren. Yeah, don't, don't be Bren. Be Bren. Oh. Don't sit on your dragon's horde of this many hero points. Every Never chance you get, just reroll. 
This was Bryn's hero point that 20, pile. re-roll it. I mean, most of the time, you could get another 20. I could get another 20. <laughs> you and could, that would at least be a story to talk about. You could crit confirm. Listen, we, we've, we've re-rolled 20s. I was going to say, Stinkster Chris, we absolutely had a 20 get re-rolled because we really, really, really wanted to fail. And he rolled a natural 20. So he hero pointed it to not be a natural 20. Not because it was beneficial, but because it was hilarious. <laughs> what a meme. What an absolute meme Lord Selwyn was. Because so you head out of the Anvilers Guild here, the Forge Day is coming together, but your day is coming to an end. Is there anything else you want to investigate before you tuck it in for the evening? Chartering a boat for later on in the Forge Day. Certainly something you could do. Uh, a quick stop by the Guild of Arms. Uh, wouldn't even need you to speak with Commander Bronzebeard because he's already gotten everything in order for you. Uh, he already poses to you. He's already expecting you to come help at some point. Uh, and he has a sergeant with a decent amount of paperwork and some writs signed and sealed and stamped for you for you to take down to the docks in the lakeside district to rent out a boat. Uh, it's a simple vessel. You will need to row it. There is neither a sail nor a winds to blow it because we are in a cave. You uh, And we know it. They don't have motorboats. They don't have motorboats. No, no we have Marshall. Uh, we don't grow it. Exactly. Marshall, we can just let you grow just large. Use his strength. You, you, all of you get in the boat. He gets in the boat, and then he just picks up the entire boat and <laughs> with him in it, and just carries you to where you no, want to go across the lake. He just gets large and pushes it while he walks on the bottom. Roshin casts Airwalk. Marshall just grabs his boots and picks himself up. Strength. Actually, the funny thing, Roshin with Airwalk could just like wear like an ox harness <laughs> and just pull the boat if we had to. <laughs> You could. It'd be more comfortable than the corset. You could harness <laughs> the raw power of Rasheen's quads to just pull a boat across the lake, I guess. I mean, once you get the boat going, it just goes. It's actually like pulling pulling a boat isn't too bad, yeah, honestly. Yeah, imagine the resistance isn't super terrible, really. It's not, really. No, it's I mean, not. I could always pick up the boat and throw it while I'm, I'm Mega Marshall. That All would right. be amusing. Um, he just waved to the lake and pushed the boat as Mega Marshall. No, I mean, like, legitimately, you just... <laughs> but how are you going to get in the boat? He like that jumps way. in after he That's a it. problem for future Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I'd hate to be that guy. <laughs> no, no you, you pick up the boat while you're standing in it, and you'll just float away. Because <laughs> you see, you're picking it up, but because it's under you, it's going to bring you with it. So much of your remaining day is spent <laughs> ensuring that you have everything in order to take these really surprisingly high amount of paperwork down to the lakeside docks to ensure that you will, in fact, have a vessel. Uh, it doesn't seem like Commander Bronzebeard was playing this up at all. It is incredibly strictly regulated. Uh, and the paper that you have, the writs that actually allow you to take a boat out into the lake and to rent a boat, are stamped with the official seal of the Guild of Arms and Commander Bronzebeard himself, as a regent personally allowing this expedition out into the waters. It is a very tightly controlled situation and ecosystem. Gracious, this is ridiculous. Can you imagine having this beautiful lake right off the side of your entire city and you can't go out onto it without getting actual approval from the official government of the entire well, place? Then everybody would be out in the lake and it wouldn't be so picturesque. You have a lot of little boats on it. I like the picture, the idea of little boats on the lake. It looked like, very nice. I like it looking like it's untouched. As if it's waiting to be explored by anyone who gets in a boat. Except uh, you can't get in a boat and explore it because well, you need get, government approval. We got government approval. That's all well and good for us. But we get to explore. You know, that means more, we're special. I'm just saying if there were more people out there, the sea monster probably would have been found by now. I'm just saying. Careful, Roshin. You're looking awful bourgeoisie. <laughs> 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 yes. I knew you loved me so 
available of that. Advocating the sharing of public resources is bourgeoisie. Wow. You, you keep saying this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. No. Just having fun. This city needs libertarians. We have far too many regulations. <laughs> Uh, the sea, well, I mean, look at it this way, too. If two people were out in the lake, then the sea monster wouldn't be hungry for you guys to go find it. <laughs> That's a good point. We just find a big fat sea monster on a beach somewhere. It'd just be like Bratwurst, just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's adventures. It's, hey, guys. It's, we have a, we have a oh. Nessie situation. <laughs> so, so many dwarves. With a... that, largely, uh, this day's investigations behind you. You've got time for a quick meal and perhaps some drinks before, uh, you know, the needs of human exhaustion call you to another evening of rest. The evening being a morning, really. Would I be able to do that sleep retraining thing? I was about to... Mr. Marshall, Mr. Marshall. Yeah. Ah, it just occurred to me in all my infinite smarts that, um, you asked me a question the other day I was half asleep about yeah. a spell that helps you unlock hidden potential or something of that mumbo-jumbo, right? I... Do you have the brain for that? I mean, I would like to think I could if I could can swing you, an axe. Can you close your eyes now and imagine exactly what you want? Well, I, I sit down, you know, and I close my eyes and I try to focus. I already starts falling asleep. <laughs> because I, I do, I do, in fact, know a spell. I learned it from a guy who knew another guy who knew the spell. It was a very complex thing. But what it does is while you are sleeping... It, it conjures forth kind of a, a mental image that helps you learn through yourself. It's a very complex thing, and if you don't understand how it's working, or if you can't even imagine how it's going to work, it probably won't work. He said complex like at least three different times in that sentence. Well, that's Must fair. Very... However, even a simpleton like myself can understand a thought of mental training to improve his prowess on the battlefield. Okay, but do you know what you want? <laughs> I do, very much so. As long as you can picture what you want, it should work. Oh, I'll tell you what I want. What I really, really want. Stop. <laughs> I want you to stop with that. <clears throat> well. I'm sorry. Rocks fall the entire city of Cabbage. That solves our problem. <laughs> <laughs> Off we go, lads. Another job well done. <laughs> he pulls out, a, he pulls out a, a blank piece of paper and hands you. He has a quill in his hand. He puts it back, pulls out a stick of charcoal. A stick. Okay. Um, looks at it. This will probably break in your grasp. Puts it back. Pulls out a colored piece of wax. Right, right, right. What you want in simple terms on this, and then sign your name. That way, I can kind of help you visualize it when I cast the magic. Oh, sounds easy enough. <laughs> Over here with what crayons and paper. Literal giant crayons. <laughs> like he's like he's on the floor, like kicking his like little feet <laughs> back, like a five year old. <laughs> Even a picture. If you can't do it in words, a picture will work. A picture will work so what fine. Are you, what are you creating here, Marshall? What is it we're drawing? A he has super realistic bigger. stick figure of myself <laughs> going, like, where he looks like. he. It's like Big Marshall, back to Little Marshall. It's like a little diagram. Goes back to Little Marshall. Looks like he's tired, but then gets big again and gets angry. He's going to take up second wind. So you, uh, you hand this strange doodle of yours. I imagine, honestly, of all the ideas that you're trying to to push through a crayon drawing on a piece of paper, 
big Marshall to tired tiny Marshall to big Marshall again is actually probably you know that one's very easily transmissible. I think I think you can get that one across in like Pictionary. Raz looks at it. Artistic, simply sublime. Um, I mean, it makes sense. He just puts his he puts his thumb on your forehead, and then puts his other hand underneath your underneath your chin. Okay. All right. You're going to lay down. Okay. So you got to go to sleep. Like you got to go to sleep. Oh, that's easy. (laughs) (laughs) You're now supporting the full weight of his head. (laughs) Fine. Cetalia Kialo. As I cast Dreaming Potential. You see the actual... And I literally just hold him there for 10 minutes. <laughs> as he's casting, it just... As that's going on, you actually see, like, the markings on his head. Like, the red markings start to, like, vibrate and glow a little bit. And, like, you can, you, he kind of, like, winces as he sees the mental image of himself, like, retraining in his mind. As the spell goes on. I should have told, told him I won't get all of it done. That'll help lay down base work. He actually has to do real world work. Oh, I'll tell him when he wakes up. It's fine. So, before we go any further here, Penguin, Witch Doctor, Rasheen for when they discover the sea monster. And I get, <laughs> and I get eaten. And then there was three. Signed up to be eaten. Get eaten yet again. Join Thank you, Penguin, me in the three stack, my friend. I too, for when you find the sea monster. I'm very well prepared. See, this is what I warned you sea about. Monster. Now anybody who goes to give you one, we have to go through the lengthy process of refunding. They're like, oh, I can't give any hero points. But as you uh, as you sleep tonight, Marshall, you will make some progress on this. So that's what I believe lets him treat this as a day Down. of training, basically. Yep. yep, as long as it doesn't require any instructor or specialized. I, I don't think he's going he to need to find like, his barbarian sensei to learn <laughs> how to he's got to rage more hard. In all fairness, I think in a way he technically taught himself. Yeah, it's all internalized. He probably does not have a teacher. That's, that's accurate. Uh, but typically to retrain a feet, it is going to take you a week. So what you're going to start to grasp some of this, mm-hmm. it's going to be some time before you have fully acquired the potential of the second wind here before you really get the learn to harness this rage, which will definitely be easier if you can actually use some rage in the intervening time, as it's... I could always find a reason. Dreaming potential (laughs) is one thing. Field work, practical application is another. But the the process has begun. I have it on my calendar now. And what will be the next day for you? Uh, not done yet, sorry. There's more things. What a busy night. What's up? Um... I am going to uh, brew uh, some blood eye coffee uh, for the next day. Are oh, you gonna make that like a, as part of your make things you make in the morning? Yeah, because I know you. I don't usually make that, but I do have it. Um, it's and not hard to find. It's not hard to find. Um, because if we do end up not going through a night or wanting to go more today because we end up going out there and we end up getting stuck out there and we need to stay awake. I would like us to have a way to stay awake that does not interfere with what we are doing. So I open as the tags I see are drug ingested poison. You are correct. That's that's coffee. Yeah, I mean that is accurate. I'm just Except this is a turbo Starbucks. Just confirming. It is actually pretty much uh 
pretty much turbo Starbucks. If you pass the fortitude save, are you still fatigued, ironically? You are still, uh, you're not fatigued, but you don't pro uh, progress past stage one. That's funny. So you can intentionally fail the fortitude save to take this to get the stage one, but you want to make the fortitude stage for uh, ensuing phases. Oh, oh okay, so I see what you mean, so you don't get stupefied. Yeah, so it doesn't go to stupefied and then to where you can't actually cover from, recover from fatigue. And the, I guess the difficulty here is when you take this base, you're gonna have the benefit for 10 minutes before you start needing to make saves. And you can either, either intentionally fail and you become stupefied or you succeed and then you'll know you're no longer affecting the benefits. Uh, basically at this point, you guys are strong enough and have been through enough that the coffee is, it's useful but it is only so powerful. Right. The purpose is, is if we do get fatigued out there and we do get into a fight, I'm at least... for a 10-minute go shot. Go shot. Fair enough. That's what it is. It's a go shot. I mean, technically, I would probably a take 10-minute energy. 10-minute <laughs> energy. Yeah, for the makers like... of five-hour energy, 10-minute <laughs> energy. Looks it's like dramatically you're... worse, but it's also <laughs> a lot cheaper. It looks like your coffee just ran out. Here, have some pesh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Valia Ooh. left. <laughs> Shushik will make addicts of us all. <laughs> so, as you awake the next morning with your, well, your morning, it's really just, it's actually not even halfway through the Forge Day. We'll be about the midpoint of the Forge Day. It works that we're kind of like two and three offset because the Forge Day is 50% longer. It kind of lines up relatively decently. Hmm. You're going to be finishing your morning preparations, your alchemical concoctions that you're making for the day, your... What does an oracle do in the morning? Well, I mainly keep my armor from rusting, but you wake up also, and Milani just elbow drops you with some divine magic. That's it right there. It's not no. like you asked for this. It's like it's not prayers to Milani, you're just like Here we go over. again. <laughs> Roshi just over. sits there and sharpens her sword and goes, Today you and I will oh, get vengeance. Dang it, I woke up again. Yeah. <laughs> this is Milani, my existence. Are we there yet? I am a poor wayfarer and strange. <laughs> <laughs> Probably mostly weapons and armor maintenance for most of the party. Uh, breakfast. I just like well, yeah, breakfast. Breakfast, and you've got your attached bathing chambers, so cleaning and, and, and whatnot. What is, is bathing? Of course, included, in, unless you're Marshall. What, what you <laughs> did when we went got to here. go meet the Dwarven Council? Oh, I thought I only had to do that once a month. No, we're changing it now once a day. You would be prepared about halfway through the forge day. And you've got your boat permits in order. Woo! Off to the boat. So is it a boat o'clock I'm now? on a boat. Oh, I've been on the wrong scene oh. the entire time. You know who we're taking? Mm. Roisin and Severin. What? Cool. <laughs> Sorry, she's been listening to that song, so she's making references to it. I'm on a boat. So if we're heading down to the lakeside, I think if you all come out of the gold sky in here, and probably the easiest way is to follow. Uh, you can really go right at any occasion, but it's easier to just walk back up into the commerce district up here where the House of Odes and where the Regent's Hall and everything is and follow this major road that heads down to the lakeside itself. If possible, could we take a different route to see different parts of the city? Absolutely, you can take a different route. That is the easiest way. Where do you want to go, my good friend? I mean, Long just take way. a route right away you and do then a follow loop the loop and I'll just follow this like this uh, smaller road here yeah sure all right yeah absolutely you can do that I mean 
No, that road is uh, get mugged. The road is absolutely banned. I feel bad for those mugs. The heroes of Rachel, huh? Freaking imagine mugging this party. Dude just pops out of an alley with a knife. Give me your purse. Your stance is wrong. It's like you can't be serious. I was just actually happening right now. I was just probably pick him up and eat him. Severin would peck him to death. That's true. Severin could probably. That would actually. You probably would lose a fight to Severin. You continue down the small road past a bunch of small alehouses, coffee shops. Uh, smaller inns and taverns, and simple general stores. There's a traveler's quarter here. There are a lot of things that are selling a lot of surface goods. Uh, but here, back further away from the main trade route, right out on the eastern side of the city, it's a little bit more uh, more dwarven schedule. These run on forge days. They don't have anything here that opens on a regular surface that follows the surface calendar. Uh, and a lot more traditional grocers and supply stores for dwarven goods. Uh, before this turns into a bit of a wider road past here and a bit of some dead space just to walk along the very edge of the cavern actually this would take you to which really i feel like is hard to conceptualize as a person that you have this big city cobbler's not kintargo but it's not a ton smaller it's a pretty decently sized settlement that you walk to the edge of and there's just a cave wall Believe it or not, that's pretty much Jerusalem. Jerusalem is essentially this huge city that is literally surrounded by mountains. Just like it's just a cliff wall. It's also like forty percent of Utah. Like you, you, like you (laughs) get to the edge of it, and you just you have to look up. It's that, but then the cave wall just goes up above, and without unless you're Marshall, literally just out of sight, up into the darkness. What was the name of the um, ancient Indian tribes that built into like? Cliff walls. Pueblo. Pueblos. Yeah, there's still a lot of, uh, I believe there's a lot of that kind of architecture still out in New Mexico. Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. They, they Be like built that, just almost everything in, especially in Santa Fe, because they were out there because a lot of Prince families out there, but they still, but it's still all that same architecture. So it's, but still, being in, it being in a cavern, yeah, the that again, the only part. light is the town itself. And so even here at the edge against the wall, it's kind of, it's, it's dim, even during the day, just because there's no light of forges or hurts. There's some little road lamps, but this is a somewhat of an ill-used road. So it's it's odd. You have all of this life in this city. I mean, not the Marshall. He grew up. He's a dwarf. He grew up in Dwarfland. But like to, to the rest of you and to us as like actual players, it's going to be something that's incredibly different mm. from what you'd normally experience. I'm feeling. It feels different now. Um, I mean, knowing what this is all about, I mean, this is actually the first time we've actually even known, like, why the heck we're even here doing this. Well, to be fair, it's the first time anyone of the triad has actually bothered to actually explain themselves to anyone. Not that really would have made too much of a difference terribly. Slavery being what it is and all. It's not slavery. It is slavery. They're no. not sacrificing them all, I guarantee you that. That's exactly. Seems to be exactly what they're doing. I don't oh, either way, they're, but either way, they're going down. It has to stop. Either way. It does, but what are what are we replacing it with? Freedom. Freedom from what? A dragon coming out to terrorize all of us and end the world as we know it? That doesn't seem very free. Oh, it's simple. We take out the triad, we take out the dragon, problem solved. I don't think it's going to be that simple. I think that if it were that simple, somebody would have just gone, hey, 
let's let's just go kill the dragon. You know, the, no, of course, let's just kill the world-ending, you know, dragon that's been prophesized for thousands of years. Resmate, let, let me let me put something to you. Now, granted, I know I'm not very old for the dwarf, but I can definitely tell you I have plenty of experience. And through all my journeys, I can tell you one thing. I've seen some crazy things on my mercenary work and in the military when I was younger. And as far as adventures with you, Lord, I've seen some impossible things happen. And with the right attitude and information and the guts, I think we can take them down I together. don't. I agree. See? <clears throat> Are you with me on this? I, I don't really want to fight a dragon. See? They, they eat small it, things. It's not even very, that very, I, very small. It's not Dragons even that, eat large things. It's not even that I don't oh, want to fight small the dragon. Small to them. <laughs> it's that, what are the consequences if we lose? Oh, we're not going to. Well, because that's a bad line of thinking. Um, that depends. If we lose to the Scarlet Triad, it, typically the consequence would be death to anyone who fell, and likely you and I would have to go in source more uh, manpower. So, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> you that is the best answer I have ever been given. So so the uh, way the way the way I the way I see it is if we lose to the dragon we are likely all food. If 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 we don't fight the dragon, the dragon does what it's going to do. How how long do you think the Scarlet Tribe could keep it satisfied before it gets, you know, anxious? Well, if we don't keep using the gates, then presumably indefinitely. Resume, did you enjoy that dinner you had last night? It was all right. Well, the Scarlet Triad went and murdered a couple of people to make sure that the world stayed in peace long enough for you to enjoy your dinner. And what about breakfast this morning? Did you enjoy that? Was it good? And this fine dress you have here, how many people died so that there was time in the world to sew that together? What I kind of world is this that we could ever enjoy again, knowing that the likes of the Triad are butchering people to keep it in place? A real one. One where, one where all good things become cheapened by blood. We owe it to everyone to try to find a better way. I... I I think that the reality of the world is that somebody always has to die so that we can live in the world we want to live in. Would you turn your nose up at defending your homeland as a soldier? And would you say the man who died to defend that homeland had wasted his life and that you shouldn't eat well because he did? But that man gave his life willingly. The triad is kidnapping people well, and murdering them. Well, it I would say this much. I'd at least give it a. I'd at least die trying instead of not doing anything at all. Besides, if anyone, if, if those people gave their lives willingly, it'd be an entirely different story. The way the way I the way the way I see it, as much as I don't want to fight the dragon, it comes down to it. If I'm there and I got to see the dragon, it's gonna try to fight me and eat me. I'm gonna fight it. Uh, the the way he said his cousin cousin was I, it your cousin? Technically, yes. She's a coward. She took the coward's way out. She didn't try to fight. She ran. Or she sacrificed other people. That's not what you do. You don't take people from other people. That's wrong. I'm not saying it isn't wrong. So? I'm saying that there's no right answer. I'm saying there's no good choice. I'm saying... You don't know that. No, there is a correct answer. The one that gets you home at night. It does not matter what you have to do with people like this. The important part... <coughs> well, ask Chet. I think... Be back... Maybe? Have we survived? Did we do it? Are we back? 
brick brick in the window. Dang it! Oh man, we're having such a good conversation. Well, hey, Penguin Witch Doctor got you in your hip, aren't you, Sheik? Uh, that was, oh, I was yeah. waiting for a moment because we had such a good... Uh, hey, guys, what was the yeah, last thing you heard? They, uh, yeah. We're, well, welcome back, everybody. Our internet did just kind of die. I think the, I think it died on the provider's end for a moment because our router was still connected and everything. Uh, so that's unfortunate, but we're, we're back so we can finish. We can finish the session up proper, like. Um, so a quick question to the to the class. Where exactly did that die? <laughs> yeah, we have no idea. About we definitely noticed we it died, but uh, I don't Trishik know. Trishik was speaking. Okay. So oh. when you get to go home. Yeah, just did you hear everything that I said? or was, Trishik was saying you need to make it home at the end of the day. Yes, that okay. doesn't matter what then happened. We, then we didn't really miss that much. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. We actually noticed it pretty immediately then, so that's good. Look, I'm not saying that we're not going to keep going, but what I am saying is that I'm not in this for revenge. Who said anything about revenge? You did, actually. Leave you're the one who's speaking about revenge. Over Ella's body, as I recall. But that was in the heat of the moment. I, I've actually given this a lot of thought. And I would never, I would never disrespect the memory of Dolren or Rur or Ella or Aspes or any of our friends for something as stupid as revenge. And I sure as heck would never put you all at risk for anything so selfish. Well, as I, as I said before, and not to sound like a bard who only knows one song, I'm in it for revenge. I'm going to keep going. So... It's not about revenge, though, Raz. It's about... It's about revenge. They took something from me, and if the Warren knew, which I did send the letter, I wonder if it made it to them, they would weep tears knowing the pain that has been wrought to the entire family. However, don't get me wrong, Raz. Me especially understands how vengeance is very important to our cause. However, in the long run, Ms. Resming, it's, again, just... Doing what's right, defending your homeland, defending yourselves, defending your people, whether you're, you be elf, lizard, or dwarf, or rat. Sorry, didn't mean to exclude you. But point okay. is, <laughs> point is, it's got to be done. And if we don't even try, it doesn't even matter. I'm not saying we're not going to try. I'm saying that I'm here to make sure that my friends' lives meant something. They have. They didn't just die for something as stupid as revenge or treasure or bravado or whatever other reason anyone else might be here. They gave their lives that for each other to be safe. That you could be safe. But it's not enough. I don't I don't want to sacrifice a thousand lives to make their lives matter. I want to save a thousand to make their lives matter. That's... If all I'm doing here is seeking out this this eventuality that's going to cause more pain than it solves, then did I really did did I do them any justice? Did I do them any favors? Did they die for absolutely no reason? Do you do you speak for the dead? Do you speak with the dead? Let me. Be, I have. Be, have you spoken with your friends since they've passed? What do they want? I wonder. Would they, they be satisfied with this? Have they? Have they? Bill? 
Have they bemoaned how their lives were worth nothing on their deathbeds? Have they cried from the afterlife, wishing that they could have done more? I don't know. Then, I, I know what they would have wanted in life. Well, they're not alive. They're dead. Well, but that doesn't mean their wishes mean any less. You don't think you still have a chance of getting your daughter back? Oh, there's a chance that I am going to get her back. A very big chance, and I'm banking on 100%. Right, and would you put your vengeance above getting her back alive? I'm getting her back alive. Exactly. And therefore, your mission is to preserve life, not to get vengeance. It's just that if you have to, you'll kill people who get in your way. That's not revenge. That's getting her back alive no matter the cost. It's not the same thing. If, if I may... If I may, you're, you especially, I already know, and you may somewhat know, but have you heard of the old dwarven saying called passing on the axe? It means when a proud dwarven warrior falls, he passes his axe on to the next generation to complete that unfulfilled duty. That is what your dead companions are basically saying. They believed in something, they're fighting for something, and they're passing their axe on to you. They're passing it on to us, all of us. We have a duty to fulfill and we need to get it done. Rur was a follower of Sarenrae and Dalaran was the most pragmatic man you've ever met in your entire life. I probably would have had a beer with them, but point is- <laughs> If you put the equation before them, I can almost guarantee you they could care less about some sort of check mark at the end of the day or getting the job done. We did it to save Breach Hell. We're out here to save lives. So I think before, even as we're going through this, we have to keep asking ourselves the question. We have the responsibility to keep asking ourselves the question at every stage, at every step, are we doing it and are we doing it for the right reasons? You're saying Rur was a Saranite. He was. Saranite. Never be alright with kidnapping and murder to keep the sun rising again. Saranites would also not be okay with dooming the world to burn because of some personal sense of revenge. But what they wouldn't be doing is they wouldn't be fine with the sort of things. They wouldn't let the dawn flower rise in the sky because of the blood of innocence. There is also no dragon that we are aware of. There is something, but it was not... I've seen the damn dragon. I'm telling you, there was a dragon in the hallway. There was a dragon in the gate. But we have not seen it. Whatever force it might be, it is not there now. We're not hurting anyone by simply doing what we have to do. The Triad have not had a chance to examine the gate the way that we have, and they will not while we have the keys. But perhaps... With the addition of experts like the Archmage, perhaps we can examine it and find another solution. I'm pretty sure that I'm smarter than the Archmage, but, you know, he's got a beard, so maybe he's got something going for him. Either way. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Peak resume is only 19 years old energy. Mm-hmm. I'm smart. I'm better than the Archmage. <laughs> How do we know you didn't swap some of the, the workman's weapons? <laughs> well, this is better than this. Resume, you do get a hero point from Blade Tiger here. Oh, Resume is giving me emotions right now, he says. Either way, I just, I wanted you all to know that 
I'm doing this and we're going forward and we're doing it together because that's what we came here to do. But I didn't want you to mistake for a minute that if I thought the choice was between sacrificing lives and letting the world burn, that I wouldn't be willing. That's why we just stop it all together. And if we can, we will, even if we have to give our lives for it. Not that I want to do that. I want us all to come out of this in one piece so that we can tell the story to our children and our grandchildren and grow old together, adventuring and doing stupid old people stuff like smelling bad. Um, Marshall, but, she already do that. I was about to say. <laughs> but. <laughs> the party. On that note, do you think that I'll ever wear off? I don't believe it will. Yes, Malone? Oh, Malani, please make me smell better. Lilas the most Daisy. conceited, the most conceited prayer I've ever heard of in my life. 30 to 40 years. You know, I have a, we, we have a, a new um, thing for your army armor that might make you smell better. It also does some other lovely things as well. It, it'll make you look sharper. It's a runestone. Yeah, it's great. I know what rune stones do. I know we're gonna put it in your armor. It's gonna make it awesome. I'm not using up a rune stone spot on my armor to smell better. But 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 should but, we get the boat now? But you smell it's really good bad. Idea. Yeah, let's we're get the boat. We've been standing <laughs> on the dock this entire time. You guys, if I imagine, been standing kind of distracted over here, like in this yep. kind of sequestered corner, away from the hustle and bustle of cobblers day to day, and now just literally out the edge of a cavern. Uh, the docks and the lakeside district in sight, but you having halted for a moment to uh, figure out where it is you're going and why, really. It appears I... that now that the conversation, more a discussion of models is broken down, it would be a good idea to continue walking. Hey, I... we got the mission to do. I just want you to know that this isn't like one of your, well, it's not something that I think you're gonna regret. I think it's something very different. And I still want you with me, but I want you to know what you're getting yourself into. And if you wanna turn back, I'll understand. Rosemary, my fear was always that this would be something that you would regret. I've been down this path before. If I have to give my life for this, it won't be out of vengeance. It'll be out of sacrifice, and it will be for the right reasons, but I don't want it to be. Hmm. It's simple. There are no sacrifices on this end then. We just power through it. It's like I do with taters. It's curious to see a blood oath just sort of get turned around like that. Not a very Galton thing to do, I have to say. But it's a very human elven thing to do. Perhaps. It's not necessarily a bad thing, I suppose. As you're walking around the corner, you get a little closer to this first building here in the Lakeside District. The Kraken comes out. You can see. You can see there's a dwarf standing outside uh, who, while his garb is uh, pretty standard, relatively high class for a cobbler, a very finely woven jerkin pulled over his shirt, uh, well manicured. His hairstyle and his beard are incredibly complex. His beard, one massive primary braid with a pair of almost wound beaded strands coming down framing it. The beard itself being woven near the bottom, not just ending, uh, but rather in almost a sigil of the hair itself before it ends in a large metal band. Uh, the hair atop of his head, both equally brown, uh, similarly done up in incredibly kind of impressive uh, craftsmanship. Uh, standing outside this rather plain looking 
a blue building the first to come along on this road. And he sees the grippy coming down the road and just raises a hand to help the grippy. Oi! Welcome! Nandrum's fine dwarven barber shop. None of you got beards proper except the dwarven one among you. But we handle hair at the top of your head equally well. Dwarven styles, human styles. We can find something fitting for everyone. How are you, my at, fine friend? I point at, I immediately point at the Uruxi. He doesn't have hair. Any mystery can be solved. <laughs> <laughs> how, how are you at waxing? Waxing fine and fantastic. It's part and parcel. Any and all various styles, shavings, and get that head looking right and proper once more. Really, you make your water paint shine and sparkle. Do you Ooh. have any female employees? Of course we do. Nadrim employs a fine staff of both genders to tend to all races and ancestries proper. Roshin, have you heard about the new fad in Absalom? It's called the Absalom Absolute Wax. You're making this up. I know She's you are. You've been with me up. literally 24 hours a day ever since I've met you. Our stylists have got everything from stoic traditional dwarven styles to the latest trends and fashions in the worlds above. Why are you down here by the docks of all places? <gasps> Is Sal Sartan back there? I'm sorry I'm unfamiliar, lass. <laughs> I thought for sure where something this weird was, Sal would be here. Uh, High traffic, plenty of business. Merchants coming to and fro, getting fine catches and food. Plenty around by the lakeside, just not out in the waters. Huh. I mean, fair enough. I could use a rebraid of my beard, I suppose. Besides, word of mouth travels fast. Don't need a pristine location to get recurring customers, because not a one of them's left disappointed. Now that I'm seeing sure to that. Nice. You got a moment out of your day, you won't better get it. I suppose the day did just start. Oh, yes, eyebrows, please. All right, we'll see what you can do with this. And, uh, <laughs> we'll take an Absalom Absolute Wax. I just look at Trushik. I do not think he understands the scale of the situation. I, yeah. Perhaps he could polish you. Give a nice shine. Get like a power buffer. That, <laughs> that would defeat the purpose of being a sneaky individual. You You're wearing a bright shiny. red jacket. Do Is it given me away yet? Do you have a bathtub? Al Hartod Howl's Herporium. Nice. <laughs> but I suppose they're distracted as always from our primary goal. We'll leave off here. They're the primary goal? To just, pick up next week. Yeah, to, to, just, to, 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 to trick Roshin to into getting a bikini I, wax. Just for the I thought the primary yeah, goal was just that's, that's major curse mode right there. Because <laughs> think about how tangled all mm -hmm. those braids if are. If we're going on the water... <laughs> We're getting bikini waxes. That's just how it works. I don't. In full plate. Yeah, why? But what if. We, we'll armor. know. I gotta. <laughs> you gotta have an appropriate set of bikini armor for the adventures Next on the sea. Next week. Beach episode. Beach <laughs> <laughs> episode. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. Uh, it actually is. Pretty, I is have I'm just the gonna umbrella. have a speedo that wraps around my tail. I left off with a freaking beachside salon and we literally are set up for a beach episode next week. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> now you have to make that the hat. title somehow. The beach episode, just dots. <laughs> oh, I did this to myself. Every good anime has to have a beach episode. And we are an anime. I mean, the anime high school was back in... Uh, we literally went to the uh, anime girl high school back in Kentucky, so... Roisin literally has anime armor now, where I can literally turn her. She can go pretty princess mode. I made a mistake. Oh my god. That's true, you get... Yeah. Roisin doesn't Magical know it either. Girl I made a horrible mistake. Sequence. What have you done? 
You've weaved the entire game. Proud of both of those be too. Proud or insulted. It's about the perspective. Everything. His was not appropriate for what he set himself up for. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You know this is Dragon Slayer. You know next. Next oh, week God. when we return, I guess it's a beach episode. Yeah. <laughs> But we got our boat rental. We got our permissions to head out yep. to the Blue Crab Lake of Cobbler. Oh, yeah, we have a Kitsune character now, right? Try to, <laughs> try to figure out <laughs> what has happened to the supply of the namesake Blue Crab and what happened to the uh, boat uh, fishermen sent out to investigate. Also, there's a salon involved, apparently. But that's unrelated. <laughs> anyway, thank you. Everyone for hanging out. Hey, at least we got the internet to come back up so we can uh, finish the episode. Sorry about that weird drop. I'm not really sure. I was just saying I just died for a internet floor. As far as I could tell, there was nothing wrong with the equipment. Because we have an actual internet tech here. Like, he just also plays. Um, I mean, honestly, you <laughs> hadn't done anything to screw anything up in weeks. We were dead. Yeah, we were way overdue a tech we were issue. So no, overdue. That's not true. He bought a motherboard that was completely missing a pin from the CPU. That's slot. true. I've actually mm. had several. It's just been largely off stream. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But anyway, anyway, thank you, everyone. For being here next week next saturday we're gonna be back same time same place 3 p.m eastern noon pacific with the next episode of the age of ashes this is the two perception show thank you of course to paizo for sponsoring us sirenscape for their beautiful background sound here and this fantastic ambiance and you for being here hanging out supporting our channel cue the beach boys music for next time guys no, <laughs> no. and copyright strike <laughs>